right, welcome back. Sports Talk is live along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay. We are back. We are live in our Lubingo Oil Changers studios. Getting ready for another busy edition of Sports Talk today. Welcome back, everybody. It's a beautiful Thursday here in El Paso. Holiday season's alive and well. It's UTEP Men's Basketball Game Day. That's right. The championship round of the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational features Kent State, who is a top 25 team in the net ratings. And it, they are also ranked 62nd by Ken Palm. The last time UTEP won this Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational was back in 2019. And now the Miners will get a chance to try to do it this time around in the championship round. We'll have all the coverage for you. Countdown to tip-off show with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, along with Steve Yellen, courtside at the Haskins Center. I figure starting around 7.15, 7.20, then tip-off right after that. And we'll have Miner Talk later on tonight. So it will be a very busy edition of Sports Talk as we get things started. Uh, we want to welcome on UTEP Zay onto the program. It's been a busy week so far. He's wrapping up his internship. He uh, was out at the dawn last night, watched as the Miners uh, came out victorious against North Carolina A&T, 75-62. And, yeah, Zay, there were some points where I think fans were a little worried at times. But I would say this, uh, if you look at that UTEP basketball game yesterday and, and the way that they showed up in the second half, uh, that's the right UTEP basketball that I guess Joe Golding wants to play with this team. And I think that how they finished off yesterday's game uh, really, really makes you encouraged about how they can maybe play tonight. Yeah, I was really uh, impressed with Shamar Givens down the stretch. He hit two big threes, and uh, he was just getting to the he was getting to the basket. He was being aggressive. I really like what I saw to him. He could be that guy for this team, and I think UTEP needs that. Mm, he could be that guy. He well, the, you know what? I'll say this. Um, yeah, Shamar Givens needed that game. I think that um, Joe Golding said it afterward that he kind of needed it for his confidence. Uh, I needed it. Um, Zay, because I think I was the only one who I think you were a little you were you were pretty bullish on him, but I was the one who was sticking on Shamar Givens. I was ready to, um, I guess, be patient throughout this stretch and understand that it would take some time for him. Uh, and yesterday he really emerged. Uh, Derek Hamilton, Big Ham, as uh, we he's been nicknamed by some of our listeners already. Uh, he shined yesterday and provided an immediate spark off the bench. So uh, Derek Hamilton really showed a lot of different things. What he could do yesterday uh, in a bench effort. I wonder if he does get more minutes moving forward or what happens. Um, but I guess my biggest question going into tonight's matchup is the health and the status of Mario McKinney Jr. I mean, he goes out yesterday in the first half. Uh, the Miners don't get one of their spark guards in the second half. They, they finished the game without him. He was seen in street clothes walking a little gingerly. Uh, I, I can, I guess it's a hamstring injury, although somebody told me, hey, it could be maybe like an ankle, but I I really think it was a hamstring, uh, especially the way he was walking off the court afterward. Um, but, you know, Mario McKinney's one of those guys that UTEP will definitely need in tonight's game. I don't know if he will be able to go. Um, I'll ask you, Zay, if he's, if, if he's kind of teetering, if you're not sure necessarily the status of Mario McKinney, are you in the camp that says, hey, play him no matter what, this is the championship round, this is the Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational Championship we're talking about? 
Or are you somebody who's looking ahead already to next week and saying, hey, Miners have UAB next week. They've got Rice next week. That's really when Conference USA uh, gets started to close out the year. Maybe wait wait and uh, allow Mario McKinney to rest for next week. Where do you stand on this? I'm in the Mario McKinney rests. I'm in. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, if he's not feeling 100, percent there's no need to to put him out there, risk it. You know, you're trying to get fully healthy for Conference USA for for that part of the. This is going to be, I mean, the roughest part of the season. So that's true. You need your full complement at that point when it counts, and that's when it really matters. Conference USA play, and I'm, you know, I'm not sure what his status will be tonight. I'm sure we'll find out right ahead of the tip off, and uh, I guess that's a big storyline to watch moving forward into uh, this, you know, into the into tonight's matchup. Uh, We've got a really busy schedule ahead of us on today's show. I'm really fired up about it. Eric C. Henry from Underdog Dynasty. He's the managing editor uh, for underdog dynasty also he's a beat writer for florida international he's staying in conference usa eric's not leaving us uh like some of our other friends who are in the media and have uh watched as their program or their school has gone uh, of you know the the school that they're the beat writer for has gone to another conference not fiu not eric henry he's joining us next in our next segment to talk about uh the early signing day period uh talk a little bit more about that interesting tweet that jeff trailer wrote earlier this week talking about um the poaching of his athletes by power Power five schools, and you know, I wanted to wait for uh, Eric Henry to get his thoughts on this. But Zay, we didn't get to talk on the, uh, about this yesterday. Let's talk about it right now. Yesterday was early signing day. UTEP Inc. seventeen players. Uh, we talked a lot about the prospects that the miners got, but how about the tweet that we heard from Jeff Trailer uh, earlier this week, talking about how he wants the NCAA to come down harder on Power 5 schools. What he's accusing Power 5 schools in doing is reaching out illegally, reaching out via DMs or direct messages or social media, text messages behind everybody's back and trying to lure players that are on his roster away from UTSA and over to the Power 5 ranks. What are your thoughts on this? A crazy storyline that hit college sports this week. Well, you know, I saw one of his tweets, Eric Henry's, you know, he said he responded to this tweet and he was like, I thought we were all in agreement that this is just the reality now. But I but he also said he understands where trailers coming from. I mean, they're trying to poach your players under under your roof. I mean, they're trying to steal them right from you. But the sad part about it is this is just college sports, right? I I doubt the NCAA does anything about this. This is just how it's going to be from now on, and we're either going to need to change with it or we're just going to suffer as fans. So, I mean, I I guess um, I think it's hard also, right, because for uh, a lot of minor fans, it's hard to understand and really wrap your mind around this. Like, what what does this really mean? Why why are they bringing this up right now? Well, I'll just give a hypothetical example. Let's say, you know, in the past, and this didn't happen, we we publicly know Jacob Cowing's situation, but let's say last year – As the season was winding down, Florida State, South Carolina, USC, they're all texting. Coaches from those schools are all texting Jacob Cowing saying, hey, we want you to enter the portal. We think you could be an instant starter for us at the Power 5 level, and we can provide resources for you, and we can provide a path for you to try to play on Sundays in the NFL. Well, if a UTEP player... Maybe like in this hypothetical scenario, like Jacob Cowling, he gets all these texts. He gets, you know, approached by different coaches virtually or or on the phone or on social media. 
And then Cowing thinks, well, man, I, I've got these opportunities that are just waiting for me right here. Should I enter the portal? This might be the best thing, not just for me, but maybe for my whole family. This might be a better decision for me to upgrade my current situation and try to have uh, a lot of success. Now, the people who would say who would go against this would say, hey, look, at UTEP, you can have a chance. You already have your starting role. I mean, it's if, if we're talking about hypotheticals here. You already have your role here. You have a chance to do something that has not been done here in a very, very long time or, you know, create history with what you could do in both football and men's basketball or women's basketball for that matter in, in any sport at UTEP. I mean, it's a, it's a pro athletic department that lacks a lot of high caliber success. So the, the pitch is there for UTEP. Come here, hone in your craft. You can uh, be in a beautiful city like El Paso, and you can have a chance to do something that no one else has really done in a long time here uh, within this community. Now, that's the pros for this. The, The other side of it, I don't know. I mean, UTEP, unfortunately, cannot offer the resources that some of these power five schools can offer and it's not just nil dollars people out there who think oh it's nil it's and it's not just that it's simple things it's locker room it's um you know it's access to different areas it's practice facilities and just the glamour of a lot of different things in college sports that might not mean a lot to us but it means a lot to these 18 19 20 21 year olds and i think that's how college football College athletics has been really shaped over the past couple of years. Players taking more of, you know, thinking about themselves. Maybe some people could say it's a selfish approach. I would say it's looking out for themselves because what do those coaches do as soon as they have success? What do those coaches end up doing right before a bowl game? They leave. They depart from their team, and they take a better job elsewhere. So if the coaches won't stay loyal to these schools, why should the players? And that includes UTEP right here. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, these coaches can just up and leave. They they make promises to these players, and then at the sign of success, they just leave. So why can't the players do the same? Um, I understand, you know, it's tough, right, for a school like UTEP who really doesn't offer much when it comes to facilities and when it comes to just winning in general, right, maybe NIL dollars. But it's not just Power 5 teams poaching players uh, Jackson State head coach Rich Rodriguez said on his Zoom call, I know that there is a coach in the group of five level that is complaining about tampering. They wow. were out there buying players. They bought one of our players, not one of our current <laughs> players, but one of our recruits. So it's everybody. I mean, this wow. is just this is just how it goes now. And, you know, we'll have to see if the NCAA does anything about it because it's happening everywhere. Wow. So that's really interesting you bring that up. I mean, that situation because, and I've heard that too, that even at the group of five level, this is happening. This isn't just UTEP having players that are leaving. UTEP, I mean, I'm not saying that they're doing this, but uh, schools like UTEP are doing this right now. They're throwing NIL dollars or they're trying to uh, get and recruit other athletes that maybe they had in the past who maybe not uh, have entered the portal just yet. I've, you know what? I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to UTEP head coach uh, Dana Dimmel, along with Joe Golding. I know I've heard, I've talked to them plenty of times on the record, off the record, and they both run a very clean program. I mean, really. I and I'm not just saying that. This is not just media speak. This is not just because we are are affiliated. We're a flagship. I'm saying this because I've heard other stories of other Group of Five coaches doing the exact opposite thing or doing things that are illegal. And I'm not trying to point. 
fingers. I'm not trying to point the blame at any uh, school in particular right now. It just is what it is. And UTEP does things by the book. Um, and that's no, no fault of their own. In fact, UTEP football has found a niche in their own, uh, lane. They, they love junior college guys. And if that's the path for UTEP football, and if UTEP football ends up losing a player here and there because of some of these quote unquote poachings that ends up happening throughout their roster, then you know what? It's kind of like, uh, you know, if UTEP mines the right talent out of the junior college ranks, then will it really matter as far as the talent that they lose? And I'll point this out. They don't have a track record of losing a lot of players. Football does a good job of retaining a lot of players, which is a, a positive for this football team if you look at it. Yeah, you know, to be honest, there there have only been, you know, a handful of big-time minor players who have transferred out of this uh, program. I mean, maybe Deron Lowe. Yeah, Jacob Cowling, Jeremiah Byers. Those are the big names that, that pop out. But other than that, it hasn't been too bad. I think they've built a great culture over there. And I don't think they're worrying about this poaching, anything. You know, they're they're comfortable with – they think that their guys are loyal. I mean, the other day we were talking to Jadrian Taylor who said he's loyal. He's loyal because they gave him a chance. So I don't think there's much worry, you know, when it comes to UTEP. But for other programs like UTSA who's found success and they can get their players just – snipped right out of them well yeah they, they, i understand that yeah maybe it's also situational right because like uh and and well i guess we'll talk to eric henry about this because he could provide some good insight uh fiu has a new head coach in mcintyre and they have uh you know they want to get things rolling with that program they had a lot more success this year than a lot of people would have thought and I would, I'd be curious to see how that program is, um, you know, recruiting and how they find talent compared to UTEP because UTEP has their market. They've got coaches. They have trusted people in relationships that they work with. And how does that compare with other conference USA schools? I think that this conversation is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to talk with Eric C. Henry. He's coming up next. Underdog Dynasty as sports talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian in the El Paso Metroplex where we have is that crash I-10 West at Yarbrough still causing some backup here. It's a crash on the right shoulder, but there's Ricky Lewis back up to uh, Loma Land there on those westbound lanes, so keep that in mind. Also, the, uh, the east side, George Dieter and Rojas, only one lane available there. That's your shopping area, George Dieter and Rojas stacked up traffic right there on the southbound lanes. On the west side, two things, North Desert at Anthony, right lane taken away for construction, and I-10 West Mesa to Red, you are tapping on the brakes. And uh, this update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, open for dining and carry out today, tomorrow, but closed December 24th and 26th. Uh, Going to give their employees uh, some uh, well-deserved time off. And uh, don't forget that this is the real delicious papillas. One of the first papillas, thank you for choosing Leo's. Go Miners from Leo's Restaurant. Happy holidays, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, 31600 ESPN El My business is the best in town. You might have heard that one before, but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal and the Blue Torch back it up. The BBB Blue Torch says that the business is committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Look out for the BBB Blue Torch because it's looking out for you. That's the sign of a better business. Find better businesses, and if you are a business, learn how to apply for BBB accreditation all at BBB.org El Paso. Delicious Mexican Eatery. Present sign for tamales. The perfect time to order El Paso's favorite tamales is now. 
Red chili pork tamales. Green chicken tamales. Green chili and cheese tamales. And sweet tamales for desserts. Ordered by the dozen. Or by several dozen. And delicious Mexican eatery gorditas. Get a baker's dozen of gorditas. That's 13 for the price of 12 when you order between 2 and 5 p.m. Delicious Mexican eatery. Online at deliciousmexicaneaterytx.com. Or call 915-566-1396. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. At Lowe's, it pays to be a pro. Now through January 6th, Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards members earn one bonus point for every dollar spent on qualifying purchases with the Lowe's Business Credit Account. Redeem bonus points for cool rewards for your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards today to start earning. Subject to credit approval, Lowe's terms and exclusions. See Lowe's.com slash MVP's bonus points and Lowe's.com slash L slash Pro Loyalty Terms for details. U.S. only. Celebrate New Year's Eve with the UTEP men's basketball team. The Miners will host Rice in Conference USA action Saturday, December 31st at 2 p.m. in the Haskins Center. Tickets start at just $9.15. Mattress Firm is the presenting sponsor of UTEP men's basketball. And don't miss the UTEP women in their Conference USA home opener versus UAB Thursday, December 29th at 7. It's a great way to close out 2022. Visit UTEPminers.com or call 747-UTEP for tickets. It's time to get rolling. You can win a brand new car when you play Roll 'em and Ride 'em at Sutland Park Racetrack and Casino. Earn entries today and five times every Saturday, you can be rolling the dice for your share of $1.1 million, including a brand new car from Casa Ford in El Paso. To play Roll 'em and Ride 'em, get rolling to the place where there's always more Sutland Park Racetrack and Casino. Keep it fun. Play responsibly. Need help? Call 1-800-572-1142. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. All right, welcome back. Sports Talk continues. I am fired up about this conversation. So fired up, I called him earlier this week, and we chatted just briefly about what we're going to be talking about today. Eric C. Henry, co-managing editor of Underdog Dynasty. Check out Underdog Dynasty. Great follow on Twitter, at Underdog Dynasty. Check out all the great stuff they do on their website, underdogdynasty.com. It's your one-stop shop for all great coverage of group of five schools like the American Conference USA, the Sun Belt, FCS, football news and commentary. And uh, Eric joins us here back with us on the show. Eric, welcome back to the program, my friend. Happy holidays to you. Likewise, my man. Happy holidays. Uh, feels a little different. You know, last time I did this with you guys, you and Steve were in the house, and you all were in person, right? You know, back to doing it over the phone, but always a pleasure to jump on with you all. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do this next year. I, you know, I, I brought you, when, before we brought you on, we were saying, hey, uh, Eric has the privilege of being stuck in Conference USA with us. So uh, you, <laughs> Ben Carlisle, uh, you know, just a couple of our other friends out there, Western Kentucky, we can all hang out and, and uh, you know, ha- still talk with each other from time to time since we're stuck in Conference USA. 
No doubt about it. Just the good old boys hanging out, talking a little bit of CUSA football. You know, we've been here, what, uh, through and through, especially um, UTEP, right? I mean, UTEP's been not an inaugural member, if my member serves me correct, but at this point, uh, UTEP and, no, 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 Louisiana Tech should probably be the longest ever member. But nevertheless, uh, we're all still here just hanging out, talking football. That's exactly right. Yeah, I think uh, UTEP mid-2000s or something like that as far as their addition. But uh, nonetheless, let's jump into it. Uh, early signing day was yesterday. A lot of surprises. Group of five surprises as well, which is always interesting to see. Uh, Rice getting the likes of JT Daniels. Other marquee signings like uh, how about Rowdy Beers, the coolest name you're ever going to find committing to FIU. A lot of excitement all across the board for early signing day. Just your initial thoughts on that before we jump into everything. Yeah, you know, this signing day for our probably more unique or most uh, unique this Conference USA than any others considering the, the transition that the league is going through, right? You're welcoming the new program, so you got to take a look. It's no longer Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas. Those programs are leaving, UAB, et cetera. You got to take a look at Sam Houston State and New Mexico State, Liberty, Jacksonville State, even Kennesaw State to see who they're signing because we know that they'll be joining the league down the road. So really you talked about it. I thought the JT Daniels, um, addition at Rice is one that's huge, quite frankly, Adrian, because on our Conference USA podcast, I one of my biggest critiques, and I said that in air quotes, but one of my biggest critiques of Mike Bloomgren has been someone who came to Houston, came to Rice with an offensive pedigree, you know, was a former offensive coordinator at Stanford, and you look at the one thing that's hamstrung this program since he's been there now in year five, it's they haven't been able to have a quarterback. Now, yes, a certain amount of that has been injuries, right? You go back uh, to year 2018, Sean, Sean Cabbage. You go 2019, Wiley Green got banged up. Um, TJ McMahon got banged up. You can go down the list. I mean, they brought in transfer portal guys pretty much every year, and it hasn't worked out. And the reason it's been a criticism in my mind, Adrian, is with the amount of quarterbacks that are in the portal right now and over the past few years, you've got to be able to identify a quarterback who can at least, even if it's a one-year stopgap. I mean, maybe the most success they had was Mike Collins, and then he ended up getting snake-bitten by injury. The former TCU starter went to Rice, had a successful year, and had to conclude his career. But you've got to be able, with someone who has an offensive background, to identify a quarterback. Because, again, as I led with Rice, they've had you know that intellectual brutality tagline. They've been a power-running uh, offensive line team that you know kind of does the little things well. Defensively, they've had players stand out. But the one thing that's really hamstrung is the quarterback. So... To get a player of JT Daniels' caliber, while, yes, he's bounced around all over the place, that's just the nature of college football. That's not something that you can necessarily hold against him at this point in time. So if he can at least live up to a portion, a measure of what his potential was coming out of high school, you really got to look at Rice entering 2023. And then I'll come to the Panthers. You mentioned Rowdy Bears, obviously one of the more uh, unique names in all of college football. I think that probably the most uh, – Adrian, I had never – you know, experience that in terms of a recruit, someone announcing a recruit signed to FIU and them going viral. So Buffalo Wild Wings was in his mentions and all these uh, places. I'm sure the moment he turns 21, he will be the beneficiary of some pretty lucrative NIL deals. But when you take a look at the Panthers, the most notable signing, not, you know, Roddy Beard's name withstanding, is the signing of Keon Jenkins. And I know it's a name that, you know, most listeners won't be familiar with. Let me do a little bit of background here. He's a three-star quarterback who was committed to Auburn for a long time and had Power 5 interest really throughout his high school career, Adrian. I mean, this is something that I know you being there in the state of Texas can appreciate. 
Uh, a kid who won three state titles in high school hmm. uh, set the pro set the, the state record for you know wins as a quarterback and is, is really up there as a passer in terms of passing statistics. The reason he wasn't you know maybe more highly recruited than he was, he's about six foot, one hundred and ninety pounds, but had some of those 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 offers as I mentioned, you know, from Auburn, had some interest from in Oregon, had some interest from in some other SEC schools, and the fact that in conjunction with the the coaching change, because his offer did come. Um, from Cadillac Williams, of course, the staff prior. But FIU was able to swoop in and at the last minute really sell him on, A, being a hometown guy, B, really being that program changer. And you kind of giving him the opportunity to say, hey, you know, you went to a high school and really shifted the culture there at Miami Central. Why don't you come, you know, come here? We've won from day one. And that, in my mind, it's their highest-rated signee. And so the Panthers, coming off of a four and eight year, Adrian, to have you know, if you look at the numbers here per two four seven Sports, the top rated recruiting class, composite rating recruiting class, excuse me, in Conference USA, that's saying something because for everything that you can say about FIU as a program, you can say over the past few years, the thing that's always given fans hope, whether it's an FAU or FIU, or you can apply this to UTEP and the the G five that are in Texas is that you're in such a hot and heavy recruiting base where there's so much talent that you should be able to just stumble into a pretty good program every year. And for Mike McIntyre to have what, again, is ranked by 247 as the top-rated recruiting class in Conference USA, coming off of a four- and eight-year that they, they did have some success but also suffered some tough losses, that's huge. Yeah, that's that is really huge. And uh like one of our Twitter uh followers, Minetto or Minor Joe actually points out, isn't Rice off to the American Athletic Conference next year? Well yeah, that's that's exactly the case. Uh they are off to the AAC next year and uh Rice making that jump, they also have to make a jump in recruiting. It's not like Conference USA should be the barometer right now of where you should stand uh in your composite ratings. If you're going to the AAC, you have to be ready to recruit at the AAC level. Um how interesting is that eric just knowing that most of these schools who are making that transition from conference usa to the aac they really put a big emphasis on the recruiting class this year adrian i will be very intrigued it's one of the things that crossed my mind when we talked about these moves what you know a year and change ago when it was announced that these programs would be heading for the american i think uab can recruit i think more texas can recruit FAU, again, you're in a, a great fertile territory in South Florida. You're going to be able to find some prospects. But those are the only three in my mind that I say solidly, solidly, excuse me, you think have a, uh, a base that, you know, and UAB's really recruiting base is, is their facilities and the fact that they've won. Prior to the past three years, you wouldn't put them in that category. How are those programs, excuse me, how are those programs going to fare, Adrian, uh, against you take a look at the American, ECU, Houston, um, uh, uh, USF, uh, you know, Temple, Tulsa, Tulane. How are they going to fare against those programs in my mind? You know, I, I was trying to remember off the top of my head which ones the programs are leaving. Of course, it's UCF, uh, Cincinnati, and Houston. So, you know, you got ECU, you got Memphis, you got SMU. How are they going to fare against those programs? That's going to be interesting. And, and the programs that I didn't mention, Charlotte. You know, I, I it's, it's interesting. And I'd be curious your thoughts as someone who you know, covers this league as well. Charlotte's in a great recruiting base there, you know, in the Carolinas, but that hasn't served them well over the decade of their existence, right? I mean, outside of the one year they had, which they, they really had a lot of talent. That was a top-heavy team. You look at Alex Highsmith, who's in the NFL. 
You look at, you know, guys like Dick Tucker or Benny LeMay, guys who are fringe NFL players. Um, uh, they had a couple offensive linemen on that 2019 team or 2020 team uh, that went to a bowl game, right? Outside of that one year, they haven't had a ton of success recruiting, and that's a tough ask to recruit there in the Carolinas when uh, when you take a look, you got North Carolina, you got NC State, you got Wake Forest, you got, you know, those Power Five programs, but then you can even make the argument that Charlotte's fighting against the the HBCUs in that area, you know, the, the um, North Carolina A&Ts and, and programs like that. So it's going to be interesting in terms of how they can recruit. And to bring it back to Rice, they're a program that certainly falls in that category because they're competing with all the schools in Texas as is. But now it's a tough ask when you got to, you know, compete against your, your peers in the American. And those are programs, in my mind, that kind of have more established recruiting base and established recruiting talent. Yeah, you know, it's super. This is very interesting. And you bring up some really good points right there. I'll, I'll just kind of elaborate off just my thoughts because you bring up Charlotte and, uh, and, and I think that, uh, comparison right there or just, you know, the, um, the mention of them is so relevant right here because they have not had a relevant recruiting class despite the talent pool over there. Now, I would just say that it might just be about more emphasis as in hiring somebody at the highest level to help recruit for you. I mean, Marco Relegado, uh, he was the one who actually got um, hired for Rice, and he's, you know, the TikTok famous coach who a lot of people know on social media and a lot of people gravitate to. Uh, look at what Rice has done at now, uh, just a year after he was hired. I mean, they, they signed one of the best recruiting classes out there. So maybe these coaches, maybe these schools need to place more of an emphasis to their recruiting coordinator or just people who have hands uh, hands on focus in recruiting maybe they need to prioritize paying those guys more than maybe necessarily you know some of these other position coaches and i think that's what we're seeing across college football the recruiting guys the recruiting analysts or the recruiting coordinators often are the most uh, sought after guys when it comes to the sport it's an interesting point adrian and i don't necessarily know that you can do one or the other right which is as you said maybe kind of prioritizing and emphasizing the, the recruiting guys as opposed to the assistant coaches. I, I, I think you gotta, you gotta be able to, to, to spread the wealth around per se. But with that being said, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I'll use FIU again as an example. A couple of years ago, they cut that position. Now, you know, that was one of Butch Davis, the former head coach at FIU, one of his biggest gripes is that how do you expect me to have success? And you, you cut the recruiting coordinator. All you got to do is take a look across college football, whether it's the P5s or the G5s. Those recruiting coordinators, those, you know, those analysts, those guys are key. I mean, there's a reason why Alabama and, and those, you know, SEC schools employ a multitude of those analysts. Anytime they can get their hands on, on an additional body, you can go out there and break down film or do anything like that. It, it's needed, right? So to bring it back to your point, uh, I, yeah, for these schools, you have to invest in recruiting as a whole. And again, is it ever just quite simply a recruiting coordinator per se, no, but if you're, for example, let's take a look at UTEP, right? And, you know, I'm not well-versed in Dana Dimmel's entire chapter in terms of his assistance. Of course, I know his coordinators, but the, the point I make is this. It'd be well-served to have half of your staff. You want them to be excellent position coaches, but with that being said, if they have some sort of link, link to a specific area in your state, or a specific territory that is crucial in your recruiting base. That's huge. I'll use Jeff Trailer as an example. He was one of those guys when he was at Arkansas and he was at Texas. We know 
the, the success that Jeff Trailer had in Texas high schools. And that's what got him one of those roles at those Power 5 schools. Then he goes back to Texas, and, of course, his name is huge. But you take a look at his staff, and he's got guys who can scour the state of Texas, and particularly their backyard, and win those recruiting battles. So I think if you're a group of five program, you can use the Charlotte example for, for size here. And Biff Poggy, you know, he's a former high school guy. I know he's leaning into his former team, his former players, but you've got to be able to win those recruiting bases, those recruiting battles in your backyard, in your recruiting base. And I think a huge part of that goes to, it really stems from having assistants who have those ties, who have credibility, who recruited in your recruiting base. Because if you're just hiring coaches for the sake of hiring coaches for, you know, a, a good position coach, that's all well and good. I'm not here to tell, a, you know, a, a coach, coach how to assemble his program. But I do think you have to consider when assembling a staff, yes, can this person do the job X's and O's during the season, but can they also deliver and serve a purpose that's dual-fold, that, that is twofold? Because especially at a G5, you've got to be able to have those little nuances. You're not going to be able to employ 20 people on a staff. So that's crucial in my mind. We got Eric Henry joining us here on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Eric C. Henry on Twitter. That's Eric C. Henry underscore on, uh, on Twitter. And uh, want to also mention he's a co-managing editor at Underdog Dynasty. Uh, Eric, I want to shift gears. Want to talk something that you know troubled some UTEP fans yesterday. And I, I just want to get your thoughts on how ridiculous it might sound to some listeners, but how important it is in the long run. Okay, so uh, yesterday, minor fans wake up, and I saw on Twitter some of our uh, listeners. Uh, sending off tweets that they were upset that they didn't get um, the announcements by the UTEP football program like they've done in years past for the signing class. They they waited until about 2 o'clock to announce their full class on social media. And as soon as they announced their class on social media, um, those tweets, you know, they, they went, um, as you can imagine, locally viral. They, they uh, bounced around, especially a lot of local fans excited about UTEP getting a local guy like Tyrone McDuffie, a three-star guy from Pros, uh, from Parkland um, out of the offensive line ranks. But I, I'll say this, Eric, when it comes to social media, this is just so important. And, and UTEP makes the emphasis of doing that. Historically, they've had announcements that have gone on all day. But isn't it funny how just little things like that, social media, just making the posts and sharing it about the current player who's signing, is so important to a lot of people out there, whether it's fans or even the players themselves? I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the players themselves, Adrian. I, again, I'll use the program that I cover most closely in FIU as an example. It was a huge point of contention from some fans that they felt like the social media presence wasn't what it should be. They felt on signing day, you know, some little bells and whistles that you see other programs do. Uh, you know, the, the, the shooting of the video, the, the shooting of the video of the recruits inside your facility and things of that nature, that it wasn't up to par. Whether or not you know, how much fans can get invested in that. Um, I think that is subjective and that will kind of fluctuate from time to time, Adrian. But there's no doubt about it. I know you cover high school football and I'm around and certainly high school athletes covering FIU. It matters to them. And that's the biggest thing that uh, matters overall, right? That we are in a day and age in which social media matters. And I don't think, again, it, it doesn't matter if your head coach is a part of these videos, although, you know, you don't want this to be as awkward as, say, Les Miles a couple of years ago, or, or I think it was last year when you had the, you know, kind of the, the awkward video with him at the recruit, uh, and they're doing the thing around the spin-around camera, right? But you got to at least show that you're plugged in and involved. And as a program, 
you have to be able to appeal to young athletes that way. These things matter. It, you, the very few times, Adrian, whether it is a player who is committing to a program or even a player who's entering the transfer portal, right? We see those announcements as well. Very few times are those things going under the, under the radar. The days of the high school athlete, you know, sitting there with the local paper and he puts on the hat and answers a couple questions, those days are done. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a show. You know, I, I don't know if you remember this one. A few years ago, we had an athlete here in Florida who, you know, he, he brought in a live gator. Uh, to um, Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, how he secured that gator, I don't know, but it, it's Florida, so, you know, pretty much anything is possible. But my, my point is, yeah, those things absolutely matter. So in terms of UTEP and to your example of specificity, um, that was interesting that they waited. I mean, I, I'm certainly not going to critique, you know, the, the comms team or the SIP over there at, at UTEP. You know, that may have been a, a decision that came down from Dana Dimmel himself. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they waited earlier in the day because I know uh, most programs, I mean, FIU, I want to say they dropped their first announcement at 7.05, 7.10 and had those videos coming hot and heavy, uh, those tweets coming hot and heavy until uh, Mike McIntyre's presser at noon Eastern time. So it is interesting, but I, I think the overall point that you and I both can agree on is these things matter to recruit. So however minuscule or minute they may seem to, you know, uh, some coaches or maybe some fans who don't get it. Um, they do matter for rounding up your fan base, but especially for recruits, they they want to. That's part of showing the love, and and it's, it's, it is what it is in today's college football. You know the interesting. Well, real quick, just some cleanup on my end. I, I'm not knocking UTEP's decision uh, and how they uh, release their uh, you know players whatsoever. In fact, I thought it was fine. And and in years past, like I mentioned, they've done it where they give all the recruiting class like early on into the day and then make the announcement. So just some cleanup on my part there. But I want to also shift gears over here and talk a little bit about UTEP's philosophy in particular. So for early signing day, UTEP tends to go JUCO heavy. Last year they went eight players. This year they go 17 players, so almost double uh, or a little more than double than last year. And I would also say with the 17 players they signed yesterday, a lot of those guys have a chance to play immediately. So for UTEP, early signing day is actually a really big day because they bring a lot of these guys in as mid-year transfers and they play right away in the spring and they get acclimated and they probably see the field as early as fall of 2023 now I'll, I'll ask you this from the group of five schools you've seen from FIU, FAU or any of the others you've seen do they take this similar approach or do you kind of feel that sometimes people overblow their own early signing day just to kind of give them some more traction some more excitement heading into the spring Adrian, just some understanding. Are you asking if they take the same approach as far as the JUCO recruiting? Or I'm going to say, do they do they take the uh, the approach where they like the guys to come into the spring and actually play right away, or do they think, oh, th- these guys will come on, you know, maybe the summer or something like that, and maybe we'll save them and, and develop them throughout the years? Yeah, you know, I think that depends on the program. With UTEP, of course, anyone who's had any interaction with Dana Dimmel knows he's got a lot of ties in the JUCO, so. You know, you can go back to, and this is even prior to his time at UTEP. He's always been a JUCO-heavy guy. The, the fact that you can nowadays you can get those players in early is huge. But I, I think that's dependent upon where the program is, right? So if I'll use it for an example, a couple of years ago with Florida Atlantic, when they were winning uh, back-to-back, or not back-to-back, they won two conference titles in three years under Lane Kiffin, they didn't hit the JUCOs too heavy. They really tried to prioritize recruiting high school because they felt that through transfers and, you know, really – Lane Kiffin inheriting a, a veteran roster from Charlie Partridge, that 
they had enough on their roster as is. Now, if you fast forward to maybe, for example, uh, NFIU from the last year, when they had a mass exodus of players because of the coaching staff, the, the coaching change, then yes, you need bodies immediately, right? And I, I, again, I do think it really varies per program. In my mind, the benefit of having those guys in early, regardless of whether it's a JUCO guy or it's someone who graduates high school early, that can only help your program and help the player because you're getting a chance to compete for a roster spot immediately. Uh, I'll use an FIU example, Tyrese Chambers, the player who, of course, now just signed with Maryland. Yep. But one of the biggest things that I, I remember with him was he got to FIU early, and in his class, there were four other receivers who were signed with him. But the fact that he had been there early helped him stand out so that when, you know, fall practice came around, not, not only did, was he more experienced with some of the concepts they were trying to do, but he didn't really, really establish himself as a guy who was going to be in the rotation as is. So in that sense, I think there's a huge benefit to be able to come in early. But I, I wouldn't say that I've seen a preference one way or the other with programs. I mean, I don't think you're necessarily going to prioritize a player just because they can get, you know, a three, four-month head start as opposed to a high school player if that high school player is more talented. But with that being said, yeah, the earlier you can get to the program, the better. I think we've seen it bear out throughout college football. If you sign early and you're able to be on campus early in the spring, that's only going to set you up for success and trying to play immediately. I, I feel like we've covered a lot of the bases, so we can try to get to the meat of this while also being very effective. And uh, the reason why I'll, I, I wanted to bring you on today is because we've been talking about the tweet from Jeff Trailer, head coach out at UTSA. He tweeted out earlier this week, quote, Dear NCAA football, how does UTSA report Power 5 schools who are trying to poach our young talent? How much evidence do we really need to make this not be a part of our game? Um, Eric, th- this one um, brought a lot of people, and it split a lot of people different ways. Some people will say, hey, NCAA should definitely come down and help these group of five schools out when it comes to help protect their current players on the roster from not being poached by some maybe Power 5 coaches or schools whatever it might be but the other side might think hey this is how college football is nowadays it's a dog eat dog world and if you're not out there trying to get other recruits and making your own program better someone is out there recruiting your current roster so how how do you look at this right there adrian i'm gonna ask you a question and it's, it's rhetorical so you know don't worry about having an answer if this were the nba or nfl or major league baseball and you have free agency and there weren't any guardrails that teams when player X, uh, you know they're going to become a free agent in three months or, or, you know, let's say they're in the playoffs, right? They'll become a, a free agent. And team Y can start interacting with them saying, hey, you know, we know your team, they've got a couple guys they're going to have to pay, uh, but we got the money here. We, we think we're going to have X amount of money. That concept sounds insane. That's the reason why you have guardrails. That's the reason why in the NBA you have that, you know, free agency period opens. And you hear these stories of Mark Cuban waiting outside a, a, a player's house, you know, at 1159 and the moment midnight hits, all right, we're able to interact, right? You see the same thing in the NFL. <laughs> College football, there's no two ways about it, Adrian. I wrote this article a couple of years ago uh, when the transfer portal, and this was before NIL, when it just was the, the advent of the transfer portal, I said that this would be, in essence, college football's version of free agency. Uh, I had some people who took issue with that, maybe because, you know, the, the, the term free agency in college football kind of rubbed them the wrong way, and I understand that if it does. But 
I'm not trying to sound like Nostradamus, but you see what's happening now. So the NCAA has to come in in some form or fashion, or you just got to have some guardrails. I've talked to a handful of G5 coaches over the past two weeks, and they've said, listen, for the most part, I'm going to kind of summarize their feelings all in one here. They've said, we don't have an issue with NIL. Whether or not we fully agree with it, NIL is not the issue we have. It's teams that are coming in and saying, hey, we know you play for a group of five school. They don't have any real NIL, you know, funds or any real NIL sustainability. We got the money here. What do you think about coming to us? And not even guarantee that player an offer because who knows, and again, this is, I'm summarizing coaches here, not me, that they're recruiting multiple players at that position. So it's not even saying like, hey, you are the player who's going to get this money. It's dangling the carrot in front of their face, and then they enter the portal, and then you see what happens, right? So I think that's the situation, Adrian, where you have to have some sort of guardrails. The, 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 you know, the cat is out of the bag, whatever idiom you want to use. NIL is here to stay, and I'm sure players and coaches would make the argument, or some players would make the argument, some fans make the argument that you know, players have been getting paid for a while. Absolutely. I mean, no one's here to deny that. But now that NIL is a factor and these NIL collectives are not part of universities, that's also what makes it challenging. You've got to have some guardrails that say, that say, hey, you can interact once a player enters the portal or if a player enters the portal, you can do it from this time to this time, but you can't you know, really, quote, unquote, tamper with a player prior to this time. I, I just think that's just fair. And you're talking to someone, Adrian, who's been a, a bunch of vocal proponents of NIL and the transfer portal. I'm all for these players making money off of their name, image, and likeness, and I'm all for the fact of their free market value. But I can absolutely empathize with a G5 coach. You look at UTEP just lost the offensive line to floor. So I'm not saying that that was a, you know something that was nefarious. I'm just using that right. as an example. Or, or even FIU losing you know a Rivaldo Fairweather to Auburn, uh, potentially losing a couple more. you got to be able to – I can understand a coach who says, hey, I, I've developed this talent, in Jeff Trailer's case, I've recruited this talent, and now I don't get a chance to see it through, and it's not even necessarily because the player wants to leave or had intended to hit the portal, but these teams are coming out there and enticing them and throwing things at them. And I'll finish it with this. Mike McIntyre's presser yesterday, I asked him, when you signed, and he signed 20 kids yesterday, I said, how many houses, how many households, how many parents, you know, players, did the topic of NIL come up when you recruit them? And he said, matter of fact, we every single one. Wow. So not surprised. Go. Not surprised. That's very interesting. Eric, uh, this was a great conversation as always. I think we achieved some things here. I think we set the record straight for a lot of our listeners and help educate <laughs> them on a lot of these topics that are, you know, hitting college football on a, on a daily basis. So I really appreciate all your coverage. I really appreciate your, uh, your time here right before the holidays. And, uh, it's always great catching up with you. Listen, Adrian, anyone who is willing to pick me up from the hotel and show me a great breakfast <laughs> in El Paso, I got time for the many days of the week, my man. Oh, man. Hey, that's awesome stuff, Eric. We can't wait to, for you to come back to El Paso. Happy holidays to you and all your family, all right? Likewise, buddy. Take care. All right. That's Eric Henry joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Follow him on Twitter, Eric C. Henry underscore on Twitter. He's a managing editor at Underdog Dynasty. Coming back with more as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for Thursday, December 22nd for 600 ESPN El Paso. 
Brace yourself for an Arctic blast. It's why a Doppler Dave Spielman issued an ABC7 first alert. We're expecting the cold front to push through tonight and plummet temps overnight. We'll drop into the 20s overnight. Tomorrow, only a high of 42, but it'll feel much colder with strong winds gusting to 40 miles per hour, especially on the west side. That will send lows Friday night into the teens with single-digit wind chills. We begin a gradual warming trend Christmas Eve and through the weekend. Sunny with a high of 47 for Saturday, then back into the mid-50s Christmas Day. We'll see upper 50s Monday and back into the low 60s by Tuesday. But be sure to protect any exposed pipes and plants over the next couple of nights and keep those pets indoors. You can download the KVI Weather and Traffic app to get all the latest changes to the forecast. And the city is opening warming centers to help people facing those dangerously cold temperatures. We have a list of all of the locations on KVI.com, which include Marty Robbins Recreation Center, Galatson Recreation Center, and the Memorial Senior Center. The centers will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. starting tomorrow through Christmas Day. The Office of Emergency Management and the Department of Health warn El Pasoans to avoid unnecessary trips outside and limit time outside. Again, you'll find a list of the warming centers on our website, KVI.com. And you can also call 311 for more information. We are eight days away from this year's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game, which features the Pittsburgh Panthers against the UCLA Bruins December 30th. But some festivities are now being impacted because of the ongoing migrant crisis in El Paso. Sun Bowl officials announcing the Fan Fiesta is canceled. The event is typically held inside the El Paso Convention Center, but instead the center is now being used as a temporary shelter to house migrants. The executive director of the Sun Bowl Association tells ABC7 the game will be continued as scheduled and is emphasizing there's no danger to the public while encouraging everyone to come out to the game. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Piedras to Spaghetti Bowl area and that ramp that goes to the water sport of entry from I-10 East, stacking up traffic there. I-10 West, Mesa to Red, you're tapping to the brakes, tapping the brakes, I-10 to Red, both sides of the freeway. Tonight there's a closure going on at 8.30, Saragossa North and Southbound, alternating right and left lane closures between Sunfire and Montana, Carson in that area. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Go out there and enjoy the dinner, enjoy your dinner tonight, tomorrow night, and uh, but close December 24th through 26th. Happy holidays and uh, home of El Paso's first of our PS is 1946. Go Miners, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Happy holidays. Charlie 1600 ESPN El Paso. Tax refund advance loans at Jackson Hewitt. Up to 4500 bucks. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Eligible clients can get up to $1,000 in December and up to $3,500 in January. Loans by Republic Bank and Trust. Finance charge may apply. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs and overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Santa's little helpers are making their way from the North Pole to Twin Peaks. Join them December 20th through 24th for their red-hot costume party specials on their favorite drafts and cocktails and more. Merry Christmas. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Hey, El Paso, we want to thank you for choosing Lube Go for the past 45 years. We're excited to keep you ready for the road ahead. Whether you stop in for a full-service oil change or a Texas State inspection, we look forward to seeing your vehicle in our bays. Performing industry-leading preventive maintenance services for our city is one of the reasons we are proud to be El Paso's convenient car care center and excited to be growing to serve you best. 
Lubingo is proud to announce our newest location at Rich Beam in Zaragoza. I'm Mark Bucknowski with Lubingo, reminding you, if you love it, lube it. Updated COVID vaccines are here, just in time for the season that brings us all closer. Just in time for added protection against the original COVID virus and Omicron. Just in time for crowded stores and great big family dinners. Updated COVID protection is here. And if you haven't had a vaccine since September, it's time to give yourself the gift of updated protection. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your health care provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at TreatCovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. And now a message from Puffs Plus Lotion Tissues. Ordinary tissues can leave you with a red nose. So choose Puffs Plus Lotion for all of your blows. Puffs have lotion to soothe sensitive skin so you can wipe without wincing. It's a win-win. Puffs have cushiony thickness, which brings relief, too, so the days of sore red noses are gone and through. When you're after soothing softness, a nose in need deserves puffs indeed. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-917-1965. That's 1-800-917-1965. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-917-1965. That's 1-800-917-1965. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. It's time to block the calendar for the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo 2023. Hi, I'm DSC Chief Executive Officer Corey Mason, and I am personally inviting you to this crown jewel of conservation. The DSC Convention and Sporting Expo is back at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center in Dallas, January 5th through the 8th. Hunts, guns, jewelry, clothing, and so much more. Please plan to join us and find more details at biggame.org. The best way to listen to the UTEP Miners, Chihuahuas Baseball, Sports Talk, and all things sports is on the 600 ESPN El Paso radio app powered by First American Bank. All right, welcome back. Final segment here of hour number one. We're going to wrap this one up here. Went a little long with Eric C. Henry of uh, Underdog Dynasty. Great conversation right there. The only other thing I uh, failed to ask Eric, uh, and I really wanted to ask him, was just the wild parts about the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affected uh, players. Today we saw North Texas quarterback Austin Ani. He's 29 years old. He's going to be 30 next year. He hit that transfer portal as a grad transfer. Dude, is this guy going for his doctorate right now? I mean, he's 30 years old when he's going to be a graduate quarterback. 
you got to follow your dreams. Got to follow your dreams. You know what, man? I'm younger than 30. Maybe I can. St- I still have college eligibility yeah, left. It is right there. Yeah, I got future, a cannon. Future uh, Sol Russ quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for putting me at the <laughs> at the NAIA level. I like it. Uh, hey, we're gonna come back. Hour number two is right around the corner. Sports talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Sports Talk is live. It is a Thursday afternoon along with UTEP Zay. Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Bratis as we continue today. That button's a little weird, right, Zay? I get it. I, I hear you. Uh, championship round of the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational is coming up later tonight. We're ha- we have all the coverage for you. We'll uh, have some crosstalk with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, along with Steve Yellen, starting off at 7 and then we'll have about countdown to tip off 720, 7:15, 7:20 or so, and then we'll get you ready for UTEP Kent State. This is an excellent matchup. If you are out there right now and you still want to go to this game, there are plenty of tickets available. Just go to the UTEP ticket office, uh, office, the Eisenberg ticket office, right there at the Brumbelow Building, uh, and you can capitalize on some great ticket pricing and some great seats that are still available. UTEP versus Kent State, objectively. This is probably the best uh, home matchup UTEP will have out of any team in the mid-major ranks, uh, with the exception of UAB, which is coming to town Thursday, February 16th. So this is the time to do it. This is Holiday Hoops. This is uh, the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational. The Miners have a chance to take home a trophy for the first time since 2019. They've only won once in this uh, in this tournament since... Um, you know, in the last six years. And so the Miners have a chance tonight to go up against one of the best teams in mid-major basketball and actually beat them tonight. So it's going to be a great matchup. Speaking of Kent State, we didn't talk about this previous hour. Let's just dive into it real quick. Um, they beat New Mexico State 73-63. This was part of the first game yesterday. UTEP again uh, yesterday beat Nor- uh, you know North Carolina A&T 75-62. Uh, but for the Golden Flashes, Zay, despite some runs by New Mexico State in that game, they controlled it. I mean, uh, the Golden Flashes, they want to win this tournament in a big way. Yeah, when I got there, New Mexico State was inching closer to, you know, possibly taking the lead. And every time it would get close, Kent State would just respond with a crazy bucket on the other end or a crazy stop. I, that's what I was hearing is the shot making for Kent State is on another level. And I think that's what, if if they're hitting their shots tonight, that could definitely hurt UTEP, but on the flip side, if UTEP is able to channel that same defense that they brought against La Tech, remember Louisiana Tech had a lot of very good guards that they brought to the table as well. If UTEP's able to channel that same energy tonight, they have a chance. They definitely do. Yeah, they definitely have a chance. You know, you're undefeated at home, so that that's good. But Kent State is just so good. I mean, their only losses are to Gonzaga, who's Gonzaga, right? They lost right. by seven. They lost to five, by five to Houston, which is crazy. They're a defensive-minded team. And then their only other loss is to the College of Charleston, who has only lost one game this season. They're so, a good team, too. Yeah. Kent State presents you know, an opportunity for UTEP to get a quad one win, a non-conference home quad one win, 
which means Kent State is a top 30 team in, in the net rankings. Wow, okay. So this is this is a big-time game for you. So this is a big opportunity for the Miners. Yeah, I can't wait to see what ends up happening. We'll have all the coverage for you coming up later tonight. we got Countdown to Tip-Off with John Teicher, Steve Yellen. We also have uh, Miner Talk after the game. That's here, 600 ESPN El Paso, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Um, and some quick awards to give out from last night's game. Uh, yesterday, the Miners had a chance to actually beat North Carolina A&T. We gave our hot hand award which is brought to you by wind supply el paso we gave that award to Derek hamilton last night after he came off the bench and stormed through with 11 points in just 10 minutes of action and then we gave player of the game to shamar givens who had 18 points yesterday all in the second half to help the miners win last night against north carolina a&t and our uh, player of the game is brought to you by keith southwest you can learn more about the leaders in industry metal precision stamping since 1958 you can learn about them online at keatsmfg.com uh, and we will have minor talk after the broadcast tonight as well let's go to twitter real quick we've got some tweets to get to 600 espn el paso on twitter uh that's 600 espn el paso on twitter ed mcdonald tweets the show and this is from the previous hour and if you'd like to weigh in on the show now is the time to do it 915-505-6009 ed tweets us this first of all jeremiah byers did not leave his eligibility or he, he did not leave. His eligibility was up. He could have returned as a graduate, but a lot of people don't stay with their college. When they're going to the graduate level, they go to other colleges. And I don't know it. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I will say this. Um, Jeremiah Byers graduated. A lot of these players on this current roster graduate from UTEP. And I think that's what UTEP does so well is they graduate a lot of their players. But as far as him losing his eligibility, he could have had his last year eligible here. He could have been a senior and played his final year here at UTEP. He did not have to leave. If yeah. you want to say this is more common that players do leave in the graduate, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true either because we see a lot of UTEP seniors who are graduates enter graduate programs. I'll give you a perfect example. Jadrian Taylor, we referenced him earlier. He had already graduated going into this fall, so he could have technically been a graduate senior if you want to, if you want to put him um, in a category like that. But no, he, he didn't leave because he was a grad transfer or anything. He left because he wanted a better opportunity elsewhere. And that's what he got it with Florida State. And Ed follows the tweet up by saying this. I don't think that cowing was a good decision to go to Arizona. I don't see that as a setup. Record indicated that if he had so many opportunities, I don't think he picked the cream of the crop, Arizona and Cal, sellers in the Pac-12. Um, I agree with you that Arizona might have been the questionable decision if you really wanted to up his level, but we know the story behind Jacob Cowing, Ed. That's what we, that's what we referenced earlier. Jacob Cowing didn't leave because he wanted some kind of great opportunity at Arizona. He left for his son. I mean, he, this was a, a complete family decision right there. And when, when we're talking about this story right here, it was solely for family reasons, not for anything else. Yeah, and that added, you know, Arizona is a Power 5 program. That's home, too. And he's going to have an amazing opportunity to shine this year. You know, he announced that he's going to come back for his final year of eligibility with the Wildcats. And that's good because Dorian Singer, their leading receiver from last year, just transferred out. So he's that number one guy at a Power 5 program now. And uh, the Miners are going to have the pleasure of trying to stop him. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's right. Uh, UTEP plays Arizona next fall. Good point right there, Zay. Uh, as we continue on the show, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the show. Uh, coming up next, we got Jeff Erickson talking fantasy football and fantasy baseball. If you have any fantasy questions... 
for him, uh, Jeff Erickson, out at rotowire.com. Send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso. Now, the interesting part about this week, um, a lot of people are already out of their fantasy playoffs. They're done. Yeah, this is over. But it's still the holidays, so people want to feel involved. So I, I know that there are a lot of daily fantasy players out there uh, who might want to get ready for this weekend. There are a lot of great games in, in uh, the NFL across the slate. So we'll talk about uh, that with Jeff Erickson coming up on the next uh, in the next segment. So if you have any questions for him, please send it our way. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter as we continue. Also want to mention that we'll have about an hour away from now, uh, we'll have Lane Frank rejoin us on the show. It's the Schoolyard Sports segment brought to you by River Oaks Property. And um, we... You know, when I'm, I'm really fired up about this one because we're bringing on Colin Deaver of KTSM, sports director. Uh, he will be the celebrity picker to go against Lane. Last week, he beat out his brother, Jamie. Uh, it was a tight one, five to two. Um, and you know what? He, we didn't even have to go to the tiebreakers. It was actually like four two, but uh, we didn't have to go to the tiebreakers because uh, Lane won it outright. So he has bragging rights over his brother, and uh, we'll see if he can make it another week in a row if he could pick against Colin Deaver and pick the right games here for the NFL slate. So that's all coming up here on the show as well in uh, next hour, in our 6 o'clock hour. And then 7 o'clock, we'll be joined by John Teicher and Steve Yellen to preview the UTEP-Kent State game, which is coming up later tonight. I uh, want to also mention this right now, national news that's happening. Um, again, we're we're 915-505-6009 if ever, anybody wants wants to weigh in on the show. Uh, tonight is Thursday night football between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. Now, interesting scenario here because while the Titans have kind of been sliding right now as of late, uh, the Jaguars are somehow still alive um, to try to make the playoffs, which is crazy to even wrap your head around because if you asked or if you told me this a long time ago, I would have said, no way, Jacksonville's done. But as we've seen of late, uh, the Jaguars have really, you know, tried to turn things up. They've won back to back. Meanwhile, Tennessee has lost four in a row. They've lost four straight games going into this weekend, which they have a lot of uncertainty around them because they're not going to have their quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. They'll have to roll with Malik Willis again. They're going up against the Texans. I get it. It's the Texans. But as we've seen, Houston has give, given teams fits over the past two weeks. They took the Cowboys to the wire. They took the Chiefs, arguably the best team in the league, to the overtime. I mean, tonight's game uh, could have a lot of playoff implications, Zay, when you look at Jaguars versus Jets. On the other side, I failed to mention, the Jets need to make the playoffs themselves. They, they're 7-7, seven and seven, tied with the Patriots right now. Um, Miami currently has that last playoff spot at eight and six, but if the Jets win tonight, that's a huge advantage for New York uh, trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, on on both sides, you know, one the Jets, they're sliding right, they're sliding along with the Titans. But I believe in Malik Willis. I'm a Malik Willis believer. I think the Titans. But are you a Trevor Lawrence believer? Because he's going up against the Jets tonight. Man, what what I saw from Trevor Lawrence against the Cowboys made me made me realize, wow, that's why he was the number one overall pick because we hadn't seen it, right? It's not like he has the greatest team around him, but if if Jacksonville wins this game, I'm I'm on the Trevor Lawrence train. Okay, okay. Um, let's, uh, let's see what happens, man. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I would say this is if when you're looking at this game right here, 
Uh, it could have rainy conditions. It could be an ugly game in that regard. But it's the Jaguars offense that has been hot, like you mentioned, versus this stifling Jets defense. Uh, Jaguars 6-8, and eight, Jets 7-7. Seven and seven, And we've got this one uh, coming up here an hour away on Amazon Prime Video. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we've got Jeff Erickson on deck. We're talking Roto-Wire Fantasy Sports, Fantasy Baseball first, and then we'll talk Fantasy Football questions as we continue. Sports Talk here on 600 ESPN El Paso. In the El Paso Metroplex, the uh, Trobos Park on the Amazon, the freeway central area, is going to show you down for today's I-10 West of Canada. We have a crash. It's on the left lane, PD activity there. There's backup all the way back to Trowbridge, Geronimo area on those westbound lanes. So you're going to be in the stop and go. Nothing but brake lights coming on there. I-10 West of Piedras on that crash. And then that's sad to... Um, on the west side, I-10 West, Mesa to Red. You're tapping on the brakes, even the CD lanes there. I-10 at Red. Heavy traffic right there, I-10 at Red. This subject brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, and closed December 24th through 26th. We had a full menu. Take advantage of that today and tomorrow. Fresh, delicious, affordable. Don't forget the delicious sopapillas. Home of the first sopapilla. Thank you for choosing Leo's. And uh, happy holidays. Go Miners, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Charlie won 600. ESPN Pass. Debbie, your hair looks amazing. Thank you. Debbie, you look incredible. The holiday season is here. Family functions, parties, work functions, and so much more. Yes, we do. Family Hair Centers does cuts for the whole family. Plus styles, perms, highlights, as well as coloring and balayage blends, too. All at amazingly affordable prices. Yes, we do. Family Hair on Edgemere, Saragossa, and Red Road. Appointments at YesWeDoSalon.com or download their free app. Are you ready for Christmas, Santa? Santa, wake up! Oh, so, sorry, honey. Checking my list twice takes it out of me. You need some tea to go tea energy. Tea to go tea energy is here and ready to get you through any of your winter blues. Whether you need a quick to get you through the day or a hot tea to cozy up, tea to go tea energy has something for everyone. Tea to go tea energy, twelve two fifty Pelicano Drive. <laughs> Grab me a hot tea while you're out there. Tax refund advance loans at Jackson Hewitt. Up to 4500 bucks. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Eligible clients can get up to $1,000 in December and up to $3,500 in January. Loans by Republic Bank and Trust. Finance charge may apply. Celebrate this New Year's Eve at Speaking Rock with Selena Tribute, Amor Pohibido. Another crazy year gone, and it's time for another crazy party at Speaking Rock this New Year's Eve. More Prohibido, a Selena tribute live Saturday, December 31st at Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. Ages 21 and over. Check out Speaking Rock's Facebook for more information. Celebrate New Year's Eve with the Selena tribute, a more Prohibido. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. And now a message from Puffs Plus Lotion Tissues. Ordinary tissues can leave you with a red nose. So choose Puffs Plus Lotion for all of your blows. 
Puffs have lotion to soothe sensitive skin so you can wipe without wincing. It's a win-win. Puffs have cushiony thickness, which brings relief, too, so the days of sore red noses are gone and through. When you're after soothing softness, a nose in need deserves puffs indeed. Thursday, February 2nd. Epic Real Yard and Event Center. Johnson Jewelers presents Kiss FM's Wine and Chocolate Affair. Choose from a wide variety of your favorite wines. Rosé, Chardonnay, Moscato, Pinot Grigio, Prosecco, Malbec, and more. Wine by the glass or take it home by the bottle. For lovers of chocolate, it's cupcakes, cookies, cakes, candies, donuts, and more. Tickets on sale now. $10 general admission or a decadent chocolate package. Perfect for couples. Kiss FM's Wine and Chocolate Affair. Learn more at KissElPaso.com. Mattress Firm presents This Week in UTEP Basketball History. On December 19th, 2012, UTEP defeated Oregon 91-84 in triple overtime at the Don Haskins Center. John Bohannon made one of two free throws to send the game into OT. And then in the third overtime, Bo came up big for the Miners with his second career three-pointer as the shot clock expired. I'm surprised they didn't have Bohannon down low. Oh, can you believe it? He made his first one the other night, and he made his second one. <laughs> Connor Tucker's three with 14 seconds left was the final dagger. Mohanan finished with 21 points, while Julian Washburn led the Miners with 23. To see this year's UTEP Miners live in action, you can purchase tickets online at utepminers.com. Mattress Firm was voted the number one mattress store in El Paso and is the largest El Paso Las Cruces mattress retailer, guaranteeing you the lowest price or it's free. Learn more online at mattressfirmep.com. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Along with UTEP Zay and Angel Munoz, I'm Adrian Bratis. As we take you through a busy, busy Thursday edition of Sports Talk, Let's hop back out to the phone lines right now. Welcome on our favorite, Jeff Erickson, rotowire.com. Check him out for everything fantasy sports. Check out the podcast as well. I've mentioned this at the end of our segment last time. I'll mention it at the start of this one. Check out their podcast. Uh, I love the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, did you make an appearance this week on uh, on the podcast for football? Well, I usually host Monday and Wednesday. However, I was traveling and I was out of town, but I made an appearance today on the DFS podcast, which okay. I usually don't do. Uh, so, yes, it was a little different than normal uh, this week. Well, that's exciting. I'm, I'm happy that you're talking DFS. And actually, um, maybe we should start right there because right now it's a weird point in fantasy football for some fantasy owners out there. Some might already be bounced out of their uh, current leagues, but others sure. might be joining some daily fantasy leagues, uh, especially around the holidays. This is a big time of year for daily fantasy, and hey, if you missed out on the playoffs, there's plenty of ways to still be active in fantasy football, just not the traditional ways that maybe people are used to. Right, and uh, nothing traditional about this week. I mean, we have most of the games on Saturday, that's our main slate. Yet we still have three games on Sunday instead of like one. And then we still have a Monday night game. We still have tonight's game. It's, it's all over the map. So it's uh, tricky. Lots of weather issues this week. Lots of quarterback issues again this week. 
We have Ryan Tannehill ruled out, Lamar Jackson ruled out. It's uh, it's a lot of sliding pieces. Oh, it definitely is. It's an interesting week when you look at it from afar, and I guess it starts off tonight with two teams who have, um, you know, an outside shot of, of getting to the playoffs. The Jets with a better shot than the Jaguars for sure. But you look at mm-hmm. the Jags and the Jets tonight, no Mike White. Is this Zach Wilson's last chance, maybe in a Jets uniform, to prove what he has? I don't think it's his last chance. I think they'll give him another chance next year, where, uh, no matter what happens, unless he just completely implodes down the stretch. He wasn't that bad uh, in the loss against the Lions. Uh, he wasn't good, made a bad one bad interception, but he also made some throws, uh, some key throws. The team said had horrific timeout management. I mean, they had a play uh, on third and eighteen. They converted uh, where they didn't call a timeout afterward. Cost them 24 seconds, and then they lost yardage after that. Ended up having to try to kick a 58-yarder just to tie the game. That's on the coaching staff. That's not on Wilson. Um, so there, there are some big, big mistakes being made here and there. And, uh, you know, yeah, Wilson was a part of it. Um, I still think there's some developmental room still left. Keep in mind he was hurt to begin the season this year, and I think that really messed up his 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 path, if you will. So I, I'm not to make excuses for him, but, you know, sometimes it takes – two-plus years to really kind of hit their stride. I don't know if Wilson has it in him yet, unlike his opponent, Trevor Lawrence, who really has hit his stride recently. You know, Jeff, it's so interesting that you are uh, very patient right now in your approach when it comes to talking about Zach Wilson because other football fans or even other uh, you know franchises themselves, they'll be quick to move on from a quarterback right away. Maybe they see some red flags or maybe they just want to try something new. Uh, it could even be a regime kind of change. We see that happen a lot of times where a general manager who didn't necessarily draft draft the young guy he right. comes into a new franchise and he doesn't necessarily like that draft pick that they made so it's kind of interesting to see how the league is right now where there are a lot of teams who are starving for a quarterback yet there are other teams who are ready to move on from their young quarterback right away yeah well in the case of Wilson I mean Robert Sala was there when they drafted him so He's got to take some ownership of that there. Uh, and he's the number two overall pick. I think that's the other big one. It's one thing when a guy gets drafted 10th overall, uh, like Josh Rosen. It's another thing when, it, you know, or when it's a third round pick and then there, there's no, uh, no, no connection to it at all. But when it's that high of a pick, you know, you have, you owe it to yourself to see it through. I mean, it's such a huge, you know, if, if he like succeeds elsewhere, that's an even bigger disaster than trying to run it out and seeing if it works there. So, I get it. I mean, we saw some of the same thing happening with Tua last year, remember? And, right. you know, how their owner was doing, going out of his way to try to get, you know, uh, trying to go get uh, Deshaun Watson, trying to work out, other, trying to get Brady. Uh, you, know, you know, those are pretty bad things. But guess what? I mean, Tua's not great, but it's worked out a lot better this year. So that's the, uh, the, the lesson there is sometimes patience is the play. Let's talk a little bit about the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's heated up a little bit along with this team. Who, who do you like tonight for Jacksonville? Or do you just stay away with this one knowing that this one has uh, some rain issues? We talked weather briefly earlier. This one might have some rain issues tonight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, weather's going to be a big problem here. Uh, I don't think it's going to be majorly windy, at least, like it will be in Cleveland and Chicago this weekend. Uh, but it's not good. It's a bad match of bad weather. This is the league, Adrian, where I'm forced to play Lawrence. Uh, I'm in the NFFC where I, I won my individual league. Now we're in the playoffs. And my main guy is Jalen Hurts, and I'm not going to have him this weekend. My, own, my only other quarterback is Lawrence, and free agents are closed. We're not allowed to pick up other free agents. So it's Trevor Lawrence or bust. 
and or bust, I guess, as the case may be. But I'm just hoping I get like a rushing touchdown out of him. What about uh, Garrett Wilson? So interesting to note that uh, with Mike White under center, he has two touchdowns, 30 targets. Under With Joe Flacco under center, it's two touchdowns, 33 targets. But with Zach Wilson, zero touchdowns, 47 targets for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it, it, you know, he at least got some yards last week. Uh, but, yeah, it, the, the, the stats are pretty damning. Uh, the performance is, you know, you know, his reaction to the performance is pretty huge. I mean, it's clear they, they aren't on the same page, but they got to do their best regardless, you know. And so it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a tough spot, and he's definitely a downgrade this week. Let's talk Saturday games. Of the, first off, Buffalo, Chicago. Uh, do you like fields going against the Bills at this point? Uh, on a normal weather day, I'd say yes. I don't know about like, but, I mean, there's so many other quarterbacks that you don't like this week that you still have to roll with it there. Um, I, you know, I, I do think that, you know, you, you got to have to play them if you have them. Uh, it's, you're going to be really struggling to find improvements. That's the really tricky part. Let's talk uh, Seahawks-Chiefs. Do we know any status on Kenneth Walker? Can we see him this week? He is going to play according to Pete Carroll. However, he didn't practice at all this week, and they added a little back issue, uh, you know, a little, I think, little spasm there. He, uh, Pete Carroll referred to it as as the back issue that put him on the injury, that part on the injury report as well. It's still the ankle that caused him not to practice for the most part. I am not super optimistic about him this week. He's in my 30s among running backs. Seahawks, Chiefs, can we see more offense in this game just overall? Um, see more in this game than a lot of the others for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's set up to be pretty wide open. Again, weather is a big part. Um, it's cold, but it shouldn't be windy. Uh, so that, that's one thing that should work in our favor. I think it's not a bad week to have Geno Smith because the presumption is the Chiefs are going to jump out to a lead and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot to catch up. So, you know, from that standpoint, I kind of like Geno Smith. We talked about Ryan Tannehill being out earlier. Uh, Malik Willis will get the start. I- I'm worried about this one, knowing that the Texans have been frisky over the past two weeks, taking Dallas to the wire and then Kansas City to overtime. Yeah, for sure. Um, you should, for, and Willis threw the ball ten times. We saw what happened when we saw the uh, when Willis started against the Texans last time. It's going to be Derrick Henry, and then Derrick Henry, and then it's going to be Derrick Henry again. Uh, you're going to see a lot of that there, and the, the, his career his history is super strong uh against them so uh, against the texans so you know henry is going to probably be the most rostered expensive player in, in fantasy this week in dfs um and justifiably i you know people are going to be licking their chops for this matchup but ryan Tannehill may require surgery for that ankle which would shut him down for the year so the, tech, the Titans might be running out uh, for the rest of the season. Willis, you mentioned earlier that the Jaguars' chance to make the playoffs. It's less the wild card and more the AFC South. Sure, that's that's where our, our pathway is to uh, him uh, be for them being able to make the playoffs. Let's uh, go over to uh, Minnesota. The Vikings hosting the Giants in this game. Do you like Kirk Cousins against this Giants defense, or do you like Daniel Jones against uh, a Vikings defense that just seem can't really seem to hold many people right now? Right. I'd prefer uh, Cousins over Jones, but I think both are top ten plays this week. Interesting. Now, with Cousins, uh, you just ride the hot streak that knowing that you'll get the downs, but the ups, you'll probably get some touchdowns out of it. And if you have Justin Jefferson, just pair the two. Yeah, that, that's the theory. 
Um, and, you know, last week, K.J. Osborne got a lot of targets. Thielen scored. Hawks got a decent number of targets. You know, it's not a great matchup against the Giants, but the whole idea is, that, hey, at least it's indoors. Uh, that That's one thing that separates it from a lot of the other games this week. Uh, let's go to Bengals-Pats. This one taking place out of Gillette. Uh, you mentioned outdoor weather. Uh, this one could have interesting implications when it comes to that, but the Bengals have been rolling, Jeff. I, I look at some of the skill position players there. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, of course, and then Joe Burrow. And this week they get back her. So uh, how do you like Cincy going into this week? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm a card carrying Bengals fan. Uh, I'm a little nervous because this is a really legit defense here. Uh, you know, I, I really think that you look at uh, you know you, you look at uh, what the Pats can do defensively, and it's a little scary if they get the pressure on Burrow. It could be a problem. Uh, Matthew Judon in particular, but others uh, as well. I mean that that's the whole key. Can they protect Burrow? The offensive line has played better of late. And that helps. Tampa stymied the, the Bengals in the first half of that game, uh, and the Bengals had a, you know the second half run. But a lot of that was because the Bucks' offense was turning the ball over, and the Bengals had a lot of positive field position. Hard to you know think that they can repeat that. Uh, although they do get Trey Hendrickson back, that helps. But uh, Bengals' skill position players. I mean, you're, you're rolling with Chase. If you have Higgins, you're probably playing him too. I'm not thrilled about it, but you know there's a lot of worse situations. You could have anybody in that Cleveland New Orleans game, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Um, going to the Ravens-Falcons game, uh, for Baltimore, no Lamar Jackson again. Is it time yep. to start fading the Ravens, knowing what they put out last week or the lack thereof against the Browns? Kind of is. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has gotten over 100 yards each of the last two weeks, so you've got that. Um, you, you start Dobbins against Atlanta. Uh, the, the the Ravens' defense has been rolling. They're great. They're keeping They're keeping the Ravens afloat right now. There are multiple games that the Ravens should have lost but for their defense. Let's uh, go to Washington and San Francisco. The way that the 49ers are playing right now, if you have skill position players that are healthy, emphasis on healthy for San Francisco, do you just play them no matter what, Jeff? Yeah, you do. Um, Especially, again, looking for matchups that we feel comfortable playing our guys in. Yeah, so I'm comfortable going ahead and playing McCaffrey. Obviously, I'm I'm comfortable starting Kittle. Although I understand that you can't count on week in week out. Um, I I think, you know, Ayuk. Yeah, I'd like to see more targets for him, but I, I think you're going to be finding yourself looking at your options and realizing, Ugh, I don't have anything better uh, this week. And I think Ayuk's kind of that borderline third receiver this week. A lot of people have uh, here locally have a lot of stake in this game. Cowboys hosting the Eagles. Before we talk mm-hmm. Minshew and Hurts, let's talk the Cowboys receivers against the secondary. Do you uh, the Eagles secondary? Do you like that matchup? No, uh, not really. It's not the best matchup. Uh, Darius Slay can shut a guy, shut somebody down. I still think C.D. Lamb's going to be widely rostered. There's some perception that the Eagles might not play all their starters the whole game. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's how that's going to work. But, you know, there, there's that chance. Um, I think on the, where you really can get the Eagles, though, is on the ground. David Montgomery had a big game against them last week, for instance. That Sunday night game against the Packers, their running backs did well. So I kind of think the option here is to go with, you know, you know Tony Pollard's a good start. I think, uh, you know, even Zeke, who has a nice little touchdown streak right now, is a pretty decent start. Probably be pretty popular in DFS. But uh, wide receivers, I think I'd, I don't feel comfortable starting Gallup. I don't feel comfortable starting Noah Brown. I do feel comfortable starting uh, Lamb. I think you have to start Lamb. Now let's go to the Eagles side of things because uh, they have had such 
productive weeks between receivers, running backs, Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and then he he has a shoulder sprain uh, ruling him out of this game. It's Garner Minshew who will get the start instead. How much of a drop-off will the Eagle skill position players have this week, or could you see kind of going to where they've been at over the past several weeks? Well, as far as backups go, I mean, Minshew's one of the better ones, at least. So, you know, I think, say if your 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 choices at quarterback are limited. Say if, you know, you're looking at Kenny Pickett or Gardner Minshew. I'm going Gardner Minshew. I think I even go Gardner Minshew over Trevor Lawrence this week and maybe even over Derek Carr. Uh, that That's kind of where I'm at right now with that one there. Wow, that's that's very interesting. Uh, speaking of Derek Carr, Vegas has the Steelers on the road. Do you like anybody in this one? Uh, that's uh, the Saturday evening game, Christmas Eve game. Yeah, yeah, the total is low on that one for a reason. You know, um, it, it, I, I expect this to be an ugly game. Uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, the Raiders and the Eagles played, I think, like a Christmas night or uh, like a Sunday night game, maybe a Thursday night game. It was a Thursday night game, uh, Christmas Eve perhaps. Uh, where it was just an ugly, ugly game in the cold. I kind of think it'll emulate that one there. I don't really like car, uh, car in the cold here. Any other games you're fading simply because the weather? Um, I mean, I think you know a lot of the like Gabe Davis. I'm not starting in but for Buffalo this week because I, I just don't think they're going to get a whole lot done in, in deep throws. Yeah, I totally understand that. Now, Jonathan Taylor completely out. Uh, this happened last week, but before we uh, actually got the final news with you, Jeff, we didn't get a chance to ask you. But any replacements on the wire? If you had to go running back right now and you just had to scrap up that position, who do you like? I mean, Zach Moss has got to be the obvious choice. Um, I, you know, I, I think Tyler Algier, you can look to see if he's available in some leagues because they're down to two running backs now. Uh, Caleb Huntley's out for the season, so it's just Patterson and Algier. And Algier seems to be taking more and more of the work. Uh, before we let you go, Jeff, uh, the crazy and the wild news that happened earlier this week, the Carlos Correa wild flip. Um, <laughs> he is now with the Mets instead of the Giants. Uh, how, your reaction to how this all played out? Giants. Got cold feet, basically. They found something in the physical they didn't like. They were probably looking for it a little bit there. Um, and it, it's a pretty pretty big commitment, and they backed away. Uh, you know, it's risky for the Mets, but you know what? They, they're, they're going for it. And kudos to that because so many teams are just pocketing the money. Look at the Reds. Look at the A's. Look at the Pirates. I'd rather my uh, team, my, my, my team owner, spends the money. Diamondbacks, you know, has a good young core, but they're not going to spend on top of that there, so they're going to fall short. Uh, in a, a loaded division. So, you know, it's tough. I, I'd rather have my team be aggressive. So congrats to Mets fans for having an owner and Steve Cohen that's willing to go for it. Hey, uh, breaking news that just came in. Not Nothing ma- uh, major whatsoever, but uh, free agent lefty Drew Smiley in an agreement with the Cubs on a two-year $19 million deal. Um, hey, your reaction to this one along with the uh, signing of Dansby Swanson for a seven-year $177 million deal with the Cubs? Well, let's start with Swanson. That's the one that's the big one, obviously, there. It's a commitment to try to compete. Uh, that's, you know, huge that he chose him, uh, chose the Cubs over teams like the Dodgers, the Angels, some other teams. So, uh, you know, good for them to, that they're making the commitment there. As for Smiley, he's like their eighth different number three starter that they have on the team there. So, uh, you know, or maybe not even. Uh, but, uh, you know, good, good K guy gives up too many homers, a few too many walks, but you can find some strikeouts there at least. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. Jeff, before we let you go, what would you like to preview for us on the website? 
No, all of our regular content is still rolling. I mean, it's a fancy playoffs. It's a huge week, it's a fancy semifinals. So my rankings are our picks against the spread, uh, free agent article, injury article, you name it, it's up there. Rotowire.com slash free gets you a free trial. No credit cards required. Quick look behind the paywall, and then hopefully you like it so much you want to subscribe. Hey, best of luck this week in the fantasy playoffs, Jeff. Hope you play well. Awesome. Thanks, Adrian. Happy holidays as well. Happy holidays. All right, that's Jeff Erickson joining us here from rotowire.com. You can check him out again, Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. Check out all the rotowire podcasts wherever you get your podcast as well. Before we go to break, I want to send it over to UTEP Zay. He has a bottom of the hour sports center update for us. Thanks, Adrian. I'm UTEP Zay here with your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go down to the Don Haskins Sumble Invitational. It's the consolation game that just got it going. New Mexico State leads North Carolina A&T 9-2 early in this one. Let's go over to some top 25 men's college hoops. Harvard and Kansas are tied right now late in the first half. It's 20-20 in that one. Kansas hosting an 8-4 Harvard team. Let's go to Arizona. Arizona is hosting Morgan State right now at 6 p.m. That one is between the 11-1 fifth-ranked Arizona uh, Wildcats and Morgan State, who's 4-7. To the Midwest, Illinois will travel to Missouri for a battle of two very good Midwest teams. That one tips off at 7. It's on the SEC Network. Let's go over to some Conference USA hoops. Western Kentucky right now in a tight battle with South Carolina. It's tied 22-22 to with 4.56 left in the first half. Conference USA hoops tips off. It's Charlotte and UAB who are currently tied. 17 minutes. That one just tipped off. It's, of course, tied 3-3 to early in that one. North Texas and UTSA. They're going to tip off right now at 6. Uh, two rivalry, a rivalry that is taking place at the UTSA Convocation Center in San Antonio, Texas. Once again, that one tips off at 6 p.m., ESPN+. And, of course, the Sun Bowl Invitational Championship between UTEP and Kent State, which tips off, tips off at 7.30. Um, UTEP aiming to win their first Sun Bowl Invitational since 2019. And one last one, Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. It's the Jaguars and the Jets. That one starts at 6.15 Mountain Time, and that should be a good one. And for your Sports Center update on 600 ESPN El Paso, I'm UTEP Zay. Great stuff, Zay. Really appreciate it. Hey, we're going to continue more with our number two as Sports Talk continues. First, let's get out to our KVIA update, and then we'll get a traffic update as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for Thursday, December 22nd for 600 ESPN El Paso. Brace yourself for an Arctic blast. It's why Doppler Dave Spielman issued an ABC7 first alert. We're expecting the cold front to push through tonight and plummet temps overnight. We'll drop into the 20s overnight. Tomorrow, only a high of 42, but it'll feel much colder with strong winds gusting to 40 miles per hour, especially on the west side. That will send lows Friday night into the teens with single-digit wind chills. We begin a gradual warming trend Christmas Eve and through the weekend. Sunday with a high of 47 for Saturday, then back into the mid-50s Christmas Day. We'll see upper 50s Monday and back into the low 60s by Tuesday. But be sure to protect any exposed pipes and plants over the next couple of nights and keep those pets indoors. You can download the KBI Weather and Traffic app to get all the latest changes to the forecast. 
and the city is opening warming centers to help people facing those dangerously cold temperatures. We have a list of all of the locations on KVI.com, which include Marty Robbins Recreation Center, Galatson Recreation Center, and the Memorial Senior Center. The centers will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. starting tomorrow through Christmas Day. The Office of Emergency Management and the Department of Health warn El Pasoans to avoid unnecessary trips outside and limit time outside. Again, you'll find a list of the warming centers on our website, KVI.com, and you can also call 311 for more information. We are eight days away from this year's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game, which features the Pittsburgh Panthers against the UCLA Bruins December 30th. But some festivities are now being impacted because of the ongoing migrant crisis in El Paso. Sun Bowl officials announcing the Fan Fiesta is canceled. The event is typically held inside the El Paso Convention Center, but instead the center is now being used as a temporary shelter to house migrants. The executive director of the Sun Bowl Association tells ABC7 the game will be continued as scheduled and is emphasizing there's no danger to the public while encouraging everyone to come out to the game. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Central on the freeway because we have that crash. I tend to Piedras blocking the left lane. The backup goes back to the Trowbridge area. However, a lot of stacks of traffic right here. We have uh, just bumper-to-bumper uh, traffic situation through that spaghettable area, both sides. I-10 East from Cotton through Spaghetti Bowl area. A lot of looky-loos just looking at the accident there on I-10 West at Piedra. So a lot of stacked up traffic there. Also on the west side, I-10 West, Mesa to Red. You're uh, on the brakes there. I-10 at Red, both sides of the freeway. See nothing but brake lights coming on there. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Closed December 24th through 26th. But uh, you take advantage of that, of the delicious food, delicious papillas, fresh, delicious, affordable tonight, tomorrow night. Tampicana, Top Sirloin State, Chicken Breast, much more. Happy holidays. Go Miners from Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon, Charlie 1 600, ESPN El Paso. The Dallas Cowboys season is winding down, but the action is still heating up. 915 Tours is providing fan experiences for upcoming Cowboys games. Versus the Houston Texans, December 11th, or Christmas Eve against the Philadelphia Eagles, December 24th. Tickets include round-trip travel on a luxury travel bus from El Paso to Dallas, hotel stay, ultimate tailgate experience, a meet and greet with a player, and of course, your tickets to see the Cowboys in Dallas. Book today, 915-922-7777. That's 915-922-7777. River Oaks Properties was founded in 1959 and is El Paso's largest shopping center developer. Their locations include the rapidly growing, highly trafficked Zaragoza Road and East Lake Boulevard in Far East El Paso. In addition, River Oaks has recently completed Westtown Marketplace, El Paso's newest outdoor shopping destination. Their portfolio consists of nearly 200 properties in the Sun City. For leasing opportunities, call River Oaks Properties at 915-225-5700 or visit ropelpaso.com. Tax refund advanced loans at Jackson Hewitt. Up to 4500 bucks. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Eligible clients can get up to $1,000 in December and up to $3,500 in January. Loans by Republic Bank and Trust. Finance charge may apply. At the Home Depot, we have the tools to make gift-giving magic for all the DIYers on your list. If they prefer working on real homes over gingerbread houses, you can't go wrong with Makita Power Tools, like the 18-volt 2 tool kit for only $249, or the 18-volt compact circular saw for only $139. 
Get everything you need to get it done with new lower prices on Makita Power Tools only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at TreatCovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen, and galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at gravitationally bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. This is Zubin Mahenti here. Check out Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin every weekday starting at 4 a.m. right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Sports Talk is live along with UTEP Zay, Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Broadus. We continue here on a busy Thursday edition of Sports Talk. Special thanks to Jeff Erickson. Coming up, 20 minutes, not even 20 minutes, 10 minutes away. It's uh, Lane Frank, Schoolyard Sports, back on with us for his weekly segment, making NFL picks, giving hot takes. Picking games against our celebrity picker, Colin Deaver, sports director of KTSM, good friend of the program. Uh, and we will Zoom with those two coming up here in the next hour. And then after that, we've got, uh, of course, UTEP men's basketball. It's tipping off about 7.30 out at the Don. This is part of the West Star uh, Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational Championship round uh, with the Miners having an opportunity to win their first trophy in this tournament since 2019. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we continue here on the show, you can also tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, that's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. A bowl game going on right now, Air Force driving against Baylor, uh, and it looks like um, Air Force the Falcons here, uh, they're threatening to score against the Bears of Baylor. First and goal down to the Baylor two. Six minutes to go here in the first quarter on ESPN. Haven't gotten a chance to talk a lot of college football bowl games, Zay, but uh, this is the time of year. And I was just talking to uh, our good friend Felix Chavez about this, but even though, you know, we were just talking about the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl and guys who are playing and who aren't, even though there are teams who have players who don't necessarily play, seems like most of these games have been pretty balanced, even with guys entering the portal, guys departing from their school, because some of those backups or some of the younger guys, they are also pretty good players as well. So we've seen a lot of really good matchups in the bowl season thus far. Yeah, there's been a lot of good ones. You know, one that just jumps out to me was the SMU BYU game. The New Very Mexico close Bowl. game. Yes, that game was crazy. Went down to the final play. SMU couldn't convert on the two point conversion to win. That's right. There's just been so many fun games. Whether it's Frank Gore running for three hundred and Frank Gore Jr. running for three hundred and twenty nine <laughs> yards. Auntie Chill. 
<laughs> yeah. Stiff Harmon is on after the game to beat Rice. I mean, it's been a fun bowl season so far. Yeah, I like the Boise State North Texas game. Uh, the Broncos pulling out that 35-32 win. Uh, people listen here on 600 ESPN El Paso to the Boca Raton Bowl. Toledo beat out Liberty 21-19. That was a bizarre game that just kind of went back and forth. Uh, and on this show uh, here on 600 ESPN El Paso, you can hear a lot of these games that will be taking place. In fact, uh, we will have the... Coming up, actually, next week, we'll have the Quick Lane Bowl, New Mexico State Bowling Green. That'll be a lot of fun. But a lot of other games. We're going to be having the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl here on our radio station. That one kicking off Friday, December 30th, after the Duke's Mayo Bowl between Maryland and NC State. Pitt and UCLA, that one kicks off at noon here local time, uh, and we will air it here on 600 ESPN El Paso, which is uh, very exciting in itself. Uh, coming up tomorrow, as far as the bowl games go, well, tonight again we've ha- we have Baylor Air Force. Tomorrow we have Louisiana-Houston. Uh, I'm interested in this one in a big way. This one, uh, Louisiana, it's basically in their backyard. Meanwhile, Houston, have they have a lot of alum in uh Louisiana, just the state itself. So that should be interesting, along with Wake Forest, Missouri. That's the Gasparilla Bowl, um, which should be a lot of fun. So a back-to-back, a double header tomorrow, getting everybody ready for a busy weekend. And then not really a lot of uh, bowl games over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. But next week is when it really amps up. And uh, that's, I mean, hey, it's college football semifinal playoff week next week. Uh, and we'll get a chance to watch that one. Um, of course, you know, everybody's looking forward uh, to the matchups. And and uh, I'm really looking forward to what we're going to see in, uh, in in the big uh, heavyweight matchups. I mean, of course, uh, we love we love talking about Michigan. We love talking about Ohio State. Could those two teams end up playing against each other? And then on the other side, is Georgia just too overpowering for everybody? Could they just storm past Ohio State in this first game? And uh, could TCU rise to the occasion against a Michigan team? That's all coming up here next week. Isn't it cool just knowing that this is that time of year, Zay, where uh, really football heats up at the highest level nfl is getting ready for playoffs and we're talking college football playoffs really a week away this is just a sweet spot right here man i mean so many fun games coming up i'm looking forward to the alamo bowl that's going to be a good one. Oh, me too washington i mean you can name a bunch of bowls there's just there's so many fun ones the nfl's heating up too playoff races are getting you know heated it's just fun time for football fans yeah i also just want to mention one more story that just broke uh independent arbitrator martin scheiman has reduced trevor bauer's suspension from 324 games to 194 uh the dodgers right-handed pitcher has been reinstated effective immediately major league baseball said in a statement today bauer had not appeared in a game in 18 months while he was facing allegations of sexual assault uh his prolonged stint on baseball's restricted list leading to an unprecedented suspension and mlb concluded their investigation into bauer back in april they announced he would be suspended the equivalent of two full seasons twice longer than the previous high under its domestic violence policy and then bauer immediately announced that he would appeal which prompted the eight-month arbitration process that concluded with this reduction in his suspension so uh, again trevor bauer instead of 324 games that he had to serve 194 uh, that's what he had reduced today after the 
allegations came against him uh, regarding the sexual and, and actually, uh, you know, the sexual assault, the de- domestic violence case uh, that was against him. Hey, Air Force just scored right now. They uh, it looks like they missed the extra point. So they're up right now. Six nothing against Baylor. Five minutes, 20 seconds left in the opening quarter of this matchup. Uh, and that's college football bowl action that's kicking off on ESPN coming up. I think it's only 15 minutes away. Amazon Prime Video will have it. Jaguars versus Jets uh, should be a very interesting Thursday night football matchup as we continue. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, Schoolyard Sports, Lane Frank, he's back in action. This is brought to you by River Oaks Properties, and we'll make our weekly picks with Lane Frank here on the show. He'll give us all his hot takes as well, and then he'll get a chance to pick against Colin Deaver of KTSM for a chance uh, to win some extra bragging rights and to continue his winning streak here on this show. We'll come back right after this here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Sports Talk is live. We're back here for hour number three here on Sports Talk. And back with another segment with Lane Frank at Schoolyard Sports. Lane Frank is on location. This uh, segment is brought to you by River Oaks Properties each and every week. Lane back in action following another victorious week over his brother. Um, he actually edged him out. We didn't even need the tiebreaker. He picked Argentina to win. Um, I think he begrudgingly did it, but nonetheless... Uh, he called it right, and he had a big week. Lane, welcome back to the show, man. Congrats on the big week. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Adrian. Yeah, I was so happy to be I mean, that's my That's my biggest win ever in radio history, I think. <laughs> I agree. Today we got Colin Deaver, uh, sports director of KTSM. He'll join us uh, here in our next segment. Uh, but let's spend some time talking uh, the world of sports. We'll talk some hot takes per usual we'll talk some schoolyard mm-hmm. sports uh give us a, a little preview before we get going about uh this this upcoming episode so yeah this upcoming episode no episode this week but last week's episode great stuff got my hot take segment you can watch some college basketball just going over a lot of things nba i think the orlando magic i did a segment about them how they're great so yeah go watch it episode 104 Hey, uh, I guess we have to start with Carlos Correa, right? I mean, he uh, flips oh, so everything. Happy. He goes to the Mets. Well, Lane, we, we were last week we were talking about all the wrong reasons why uh, the Giants made this risk. But now Steve Cohen swoops in when there's a little bit of an issue with the physical, and Correa's a Met. Nah, Correa will be fine. I'm so happy right now about this Mets move. Uh, I woke up at 6.30 a.m. I see, oh, B.R. Walkoff just posted Carlos Correa is a New York Met. Yeah, it had me super happy right there. So happy Carlos Correa is a New York Met. It's going to work well. That's the best infield in baseball, maybe baseball history. You get Pio Alonso at first, Jeff McDowell at second, Francisco and Dor shortstop, and then Carlos Correa at the hot corner. Who says no? That's awesome infield right there. Hey, uh, Mets are actually right now, this is per uh, Kylie McDaniel. Um, I love these fan graph depth chart projections and their pay- payroll rankings. They kind of g- dive in and see, you know, uh, how people will be in projected war and, uh, you know, compare it to their payroll. Mets are number one right now in projected war and projected payroll. Well, I mean, that sounds great. Mets have a great bench, great offensive side. Um, your your thoughts now kind of as the offseason's wrapping up for the Mets and, and everything that they did to just uh, add and uh, boost themselves a little bit more. I'm going to say offseason wrapping up. You know, Trevor Bauer right now, he was always a guy who could have gone to the New York Mets. He gets reinstated right now. Uh, I don't think he'll become a New York Mets. He'll probably won't even become a Dodger. Probably won't even pitch that will be this season. But it's going to be interesting with that. But I'm so happy with how this MLB offseason went. Every team, as Andrew Bogart's going to the Padres, Mets obviously getting all these amazing guys. So, yeah, I'm happy with how the Mets offseason went. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about Dansby Swanson. He signs with the Cubs. It's a huge uh, pickup for them. Um, you know, we hear uh, just recently that, you know, they, they've inked him out right now. And uh, Dansby Swanson becoming a Cub. What, what are your thoughts there? I think Dansby Swanson is definitely a guy who could have become a San Francisco Giant if Carlos Correa didn't sign with them. I get that happen now. Dansby Swanson might have been a uh, San Francisco Giant. But no, goes over to the Cubs. That was a kind of sentimental pick for him. Yeah, it's good. Cubs. And maybe getting that franchise piece together. You get Cody Bellinger for one year, Dancy Swanson. It's going to be interesting. What about uh, what we saw with Will Myers signing a one-year deal with the Reds? Will Myers, you know, they cut making stock to make room for Will Myers. Will Myers kind of guy who was always amazing for the Padres, a little bit of a platoon guy the past few years. I like that move. Okay. Uh, let's shift it over. Let's talk some college hoops. Uh, Purdue ranked number one, UConn number two. You good with the rankings right now? Which team should also be up there right now? I'm good with the Wake Rankings for right now, but I still think Houston's the best team in college basketball. They've lost this season, though. I respect it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Houston team, because they're top five right now in Ken Palm, along with teams like Tennessee, UCLA. Uh, Ken Palm really likes UConn as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts on those teams right there? Is, is, this is really the, uh, the actual point where we can kind of see contenders versus pretenders. Uh, now that after, you know, the non-conference season has now started to wrap up, we can kind of see who's going to actually contend out of the, the top teams out in college basketball. Yeah, you know, Michigan does not look like a contender right now. They just got whooped by UNC last oh. night, so that's tough. But, um, yeah, North Carolina, really a team that came in number one, entered the season, really fell off. They're getting things back on track. Wins against Ohio State, wins against Michigan. They're rolling right now. So it's going to be interesting with that. But, yeah, Houston, a team I love. A team that's very underrated. A lot of people are kind of disrespecting after the game on Saturday. Alabama, Brandon Miller, true freshman, looks like the best player in college basketball right now. I tweeted that uh, on Saturday when they played Gonzaga. All offense for Alabama, no defense. Let's talk a little early signing day. Any splashes that you liked across college football yesterday? I think the wildest move was Peyton Bowen. Have you heard the story yet? Uh, tell us, tell us, tell our listeners. Okay, so Peyton Bowen, a guy who's kind of like hard commit in our game, which is like, he's a lock, he's getting aside, does the whole thing on signing day. Okay, everybody specs and put the pen paper in our game. And then it comes out maybe a day before, oh, he's going to flip to Oklahoma. Then doesn't flip to Oklahoma. No, Oklahoma has even on table. Oregon Hat, well, nobody expected Oregon to be close in his commitment. Oregon Hat and Notre Dame Hat puts up the Oregon Hat. His mom's stunned. Everybody's stunned. Throws up the O. And then it comes out later in the day. Payne Bowen doesn't even sign his letter of intent to Oregon. So everybody's like, what's going on right now? Is he going to go back to Notre Dame? Is he going to go to Oklahoma? Apparently, he was crying on the phone with Marcus Freeman last night saying, take me back, take me back. Marcus Freeman said, all right, let's ask the other commits if they want you. They all said no. So Payne Bowen says, all right. I kind of made the bad decision yesterday, going to Oregon, kind of an impulsive decision. I'm going to go over to Oklahoma. This is the loudest recruitment story in years. How do you do that? How do you go three different teams in one day? I don't understand that. He's going to be a Sooner, which is interesting. Number one safety in the country goes to be a Sooner. That's the most surprising move to me. Okay, so I knew all the way up until the Oklahoma flip-flip because I thought Oregon was signed, sealed, delivered, and it was done. But that just tells you, Lane, college football in today's world is ever-changing. You can never take these early commitments as something that's set in stone until they actually no. step foot on campus. I mean, Cormani McLean, number one corner in the class right now, he was going to sound with Miami yesterday, and then Dion Sanders comes throwing the phone. So he's going to wait a little bit. So, yeah, just stuff like that. It's interesting. Uh, let's talk a little NFL before we bring on Colin Deaver of KTSM to make our weekly picks. Uh, want to uh, specifically talk about last week, Vikings, Colts. Let's start there. I mean, the the most historic comeback in NFL history. Uh, Indy goes up 33 nothing. Did you have any inkling 
at that point, when Indy goes up 33 nothing, that the Vikings could come back in this game, or even in the fourth quarter when the, you know, the Vikings were trailing by double digits, yet they still rally back and win. No, it was 30 nothing. You always get that feeling. When it was 30 nothing, I thought maybe for a second, but then it became 33 nothing. I was like, there is no chance they come back. Uh, what was it? Five possessions at that point? Yeah, absolutely not. 33 points, five possessions. They did it though. Praise Vikings. Uh, Buffalo, Miami. That game was a lot of fun. Your thoughts on just snowballs? If, yeah, your thoughts on just outdoor stadiums? Because now we're starting to see, uh, you know, Tennessee out there. They're they're going to build more of a dome indoor arena. Even Buffalo, uh, there's new, um, you know, stadium uh, renovation ideas to maybe make it to where they can retract uh, the stadium. So your thoughts on just outdoor stadiums versus uh, keeping a dome? You know, there are rumors like last year when the Bills were trying to get a new stadium and that they did get approved, they can move to Austin. That'd be wild right there. Bills Mafia going over to Austin. Austin <laughs> Bills, I don't know how that would have worked. But, uh, yeah, Bills, I love how their stadium's structured. I think it's perfect. Good for football to have outdoor stadiums. College football, mostly all outdoor stadiums. I love it. Your thoughts on the Giants. They're alive, Lane. They are alive. Your New York football Giants survived some really bad calls in that Commanders game. Come on. We got, we got to give, uh, the, the Commanders some credit. Did Terry McLaurin, yeah. uh, actually check with that ref? Yeah. Or, uh, what ended up happening there? Uh, Terry McLaurin's Ohio State guy. I'm not going to love him too much, but, uh, <laughs> I love how Kayvon Thibodeau's playing right now. You know, you see Andrew Thomas getting a touchdown from Daniel Jones. Signal Berkeley's still banged up. But yeah, I like the way this Giants team is rolling out right now. Kevon Thibodeau, star for the future. Saquon, does he leave this offseason? Does he stay? I hope he stays. Dayon Jones, same thing. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I like how this Giants team plays. I'm going to give a pick right here. Giants beat the Vikings. Okay. All right. I like it. I like some early stuff. So, let's stay in that division. Let's talk a little Cowboys. A lot of uh, local fans were very disappointed, Lane, in the way that that game ended up. Uh, Jacksonville wins it off a tipped interception that they run back for a touchdown. Uh, and as a result, Cowboy fans are left with a ton of question marks heading into one of their biggest weekends ever uh, against the Eagles. Just got to cover Zay Jones. Cover Zay Jones. You win that game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence starts the ball out. Zay Jones has three touchdowns. They complete the comeback. Yeah, I was here in Mexico listening to that Spanish broadcast. Oh, pick six, pick six. Yeah, it was awesome. Jaguars get the pick six. Seemed like a trap game for the Cowboys. I kind of thought they were locked to win it. They didn't, though. Tough to see as Giants fan. Cowboys getting the win, but let's see how the Cowboys can bounce back this week playing the Eagles. Uh, with the Cowboys specifically, do you point a finger of blame somewhere? I mean, some people are thinking, is it Mike McCarthy? Some people wanted to quickly point it at Dak Prescott as the point to blame. Or do you just say, hey, they've uh, suffered a lot of injuries and that their defense has just taken a little bit of a step back to where it was? I really think there's anything you can blame on right now. Some impact players just didn't show up. You know, you see Tony Pollard not really showing out. C.D. Lamb not really showing out. Sam Micah Parsons. Those guys show out, you win those games, but that didn't really happen, so. Okay. Uh, Eagles, they, they're without Jalen Hurts for this week. How much does that affect them, if any? Uh, it takes my playoff team fantasy right now. 13-1 right now, but, uh, there goes my playoff chances. Gardner mentioned if he's gonna be my guy. Yeah, uh, this, you know, I think they're, I mean, they're obviously seeing at 13 wins right now. They're gonna get the number one seed in the NFC, but it's more about long-term stuff with Jalen Hurts. If you miss the rest of the regular season and Gardner Minshew blows out, that's gonna be a weird transition because you obviously go back to Jalen Hurts. That is still that weird transition in there. So that's my thought right there. Eagles. Let's go back to last week again, just recapping some of those games. How about that uh, walk-off interception for a touchdown by Vegas to beat the Patriots? Have you ever seen anything like that? Never seen anything like that. I thought it was like, I don't know, when I saw it, I didn't, I didn't see it live. I saw it on Instagram. But it was, it was kind of, that's wild to see right there. Raiders, still a good team. 
I know I that asked. I, I know I asked you uh, about your top five quarterbacks, but let me just quickly ask you about uh, res- the receiver position. One week, I think it's Tyreek Hill, no doubt about it, the number one guy. Next week, you know, last year as the season winded down, I kind of figured it was maybe Cooper Cup, uh, but this year I just feel like every week it's Justin Jefferson versus Jamar Chase. Maybe if you want to make the argument for Devontae Adams, where do you lie? That's that's my question. Where are you at as far as best receiver week in, week out, who you choose? That's the toughest part of the NFL because you're talking about receivers. You're talking about production. It's Tyreek Hill, Jim Waddle. You're talking about one-on-one. Oh, maybe that's DeAndre Hopkins. You're talking about just going up for grabbing the ball. You don't know. So I think that's why receiver in the NFL right now. I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I did this on this and that a few weeks ago. I went Jamar Chase one, Justin Jefferson number two, Devontae Adams number three. And that's kind of perfect right there. How that slots in, you know, Tyreek Hill would get that production, Jalen Walter would get that production. Devontae Smith, the guy we can see people, maybe he's at top ten next year, but hard to see your position for hard to judge in the NFL. It's it's a stacked position. I actually love the fact that it's gotten younger year after year. Uh, Jamar Chase, yeah. a young guy, he's he's atop the league right now, which is so exciting to watch. Let's pivot to quarterbacks, all right? Because I feel like it's so easy to do it now as the season winds down and we start to look at the playoffs and where, where everybody's stacking up. Let's start from five and go down to one as far as your top five quarterbacks, and let's react to it, okay? Number five, I'm going with Joey B. Joe Shiesty. This is still a hot take right there. Joe Burrow probably should be higher. And I was talking to Jamie about this list earlier. He said, you're insane for putting these guys over Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, you still get that consistency, but the picks are in there sometimes. You see that game when he gets the Steelers. Yes, he's made the Super Bowl. That's true. And he's the only guy outside of Patrick Mahomes on this list to do that. But still, Joe Burrow, number five for me. Number four, I'll go with Justin Herbert. Oh, I talked about last Lane. week. You're I talked about here. last week. This is the one Jamie said I was crazy for. I like Justin Herbert number four. The thing he has done, the things he has done with the receivers that he's had, the offensive line that he's had this season, it's out of this world. If he has a stable head coach, which Brandon Staley at times can be stable, stable receiving core, they need to take, they need to draft a receiver this year. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, you need to draft a receiver this year. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, dang injured so many times in your world, cut it for you. Jalen Guyton, no, no, that's not cutting it for you right there. Justin Herbert, he has the pieces. He's so talented. Number four, Justin Herbert. Number three, Lamar Jackson. And this is another hot take. Lamar Jackson, fully healthy, might be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If not the best. The running abilities there, the throwing abilities there. I look back at that Thursday night football game. Buccaneers versus Ravens this year. Lamar Jackson, the speed shows, the throwing arm shows. You see a lot of guys in the NFL, say Justin Fields or I mean, Tyler Hunter, even his back, the speed kills, but the throwing arm isn't that much there. Isn't that much there. For Lamar Jackson, throwing arm and speed, top tier. Lamar Jackson, three for me. Number two, Josh Allen. Talent, versatile. You do anything for you. Throw the ball, 75 yards downfield, and then run over you. So yeah, Josh, Josh Allen, no debate about it. Still doesn't have that Super Bowl in there, but Josh Allen, number two. And the number one, the obvious, Patrick Mahomes. It shows year in, year out. Year in, year out. Puts up MVP numbers. And we lost Aaron Boone for MVP, but he should be MVP this year with Jalen Hurts out. Even without Jalen Hurts, I think Patrick Mahomes should be MVP. He's playing great right now. Mahomes, one. Okay, I love your one, two. Your three is, is, I mean, you and I are biased. You and I are Lamar guys. So I, I feel like we, okay. we have to just throw that aside. But, uh, your Herbert Burrow is going to be so interesting to follow in years to come, right? Because if you're on the Herbert gang, then you, you gotta be committed for the long run. And same with Burrow, uh, same with Burrow. So I feel like both these guys will have their legacies kind of stacked up with each other. And this is something we're gonna have to monitor even with the playoffs. Chargers have potential to go further in the playoffs and the Bengals, yeah. but it, I don't know if that's gonna end up happening this year. I think I've done that segment about like 10 times in my show. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, 
ng puisan. No, oh, oh, I think we, I think we're losing Lane a little bit here. Um, I think we had some uh, connection issues here uh, in this part. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a, we're gonna take a timeout right here. We're gonna come back. We're gonna welcome on to the show Colin Deaver here as we continue. But Lane Frank with his top five quarterbacks: Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. That's how he rounds things out. Lane, hang on with us. We got Colin Deaver on deck. He's he's standing by. We're gonna make some week, uh, some new NFL week picks, and then uh, we continue here on the show. Schoolyard Sports here brought to you by River Oaks Properties, Lane Frank, and uh, he's going up against Colin Deaver coming up next here on 600 ESPN El Paso. In the El Paso Metro place, the uh, rough spot that we have, I'm going to go to Northeast for this one, U.S. 54 Northbound in uh, Kenworthy. U.S. 54 North of Kimberly, we have an injury crash. Watch for congestion. Watch for slowdown there on those U.S. 54 Northbound lanes. You're stacked up on the also. I-10 West to the Wattisport, you have a lot of congestion there. That's I-10 West to the Wattisport. That westbound traffic is backing up back to the Geronimo area. Spaghetti Bowl, both sides, you're bumper to bumper. I-10 West, Minnesota to Red, stacked up traffic. I-10 at Red, both sides, struggling traffic right there. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Closed December 24th through 26th, but open for dining today, tomorrow, carry out, party trays, popular Mr. Cheese specials, happy holidays, and go miners from Leo's Restaurant. 7520 Rivercon, 3160 ESPN El Paso. Attention, Dallas Cowboys fans. Twin Peaks has given away epic Cowboys jerseys all season just for catching game day with them. Get the Twin Peaks for every boys game for your chance to win. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. Let First American Bank help you start, build, or grow your small business with an SBA loan. We are one of the top SBA lenders in New Mexico and recognized nationally as SBA Community Rural Lender of the Year. As a preferred SBA lender, we're able to streamline and accelerate the loan approval process for you. As your trusted partner, when you succeed, we do too. Find out how we can get it done for you. First American Bank, local first since 1903. Equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Matt Keats, president of Keats Southwest. Since 1994, we have manufactured hundreds of metal components that people use in their everyday lives. A garage door opener is something commonly found in homes and cars all across the country. In fact, we produce 10 to 15 million garage door visor clips for your remote controls. In addition, we deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. Learn more about Keats Southwest at KeatsSW.com. Dad, I don't feel good. <coughs> I'll grab the Vicks Day Cool Kids Honey. Isn't Day Cool just for parents? Actually, Vicks Day Cool Kids Honey is just for kids. Specially designed to treat kids' most bothersome cold symptoms 
quickly with a honey-licious tasting flavor kids like. You know what else kids like? Take cool kids honey first, then video games. Deal. Vicks Dayquil Kids Honey. The kids' honey-licious daytime coughing congestion stuffy head stuffy nose medicine. Safe for ages 6 plus. Celebrate New Year's Eve with the UTEP men's basketball team. The Miners will host Rice in Conference USA action Saturday, December 31st at 2 p.m. in the Haskins Center. Tickets start at just $9.15. Mattress Firm is the presenting sponsor of UTEP men's basketball. And don't miss the UTEP women in their Conference USA home opener versus UAB Thursday, December 29th at 7. It's a a great way to close out 2022. Visit utepminers.com or call 747-UTEP for tickets. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk along with UTEP Zay, Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Bradis. Uh, as we continue here with Lane Frank from Schoolyard Sports, this segment's brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Lane is back with us. And now we've got our celebrity picker. It's Colin Deaver, sports director out at KTSM, who's joining us. Uh, Lane, we do not have, like we said in the in the break, we do not have a Cowboys fan around. We have a Denver Broncos fan to pick against you today. Yeah, always awesome when we don't have a Cowboys fan on. Always. I mean, it's always a free win when we have a Cowboys fan on because they're always going to pick the Cowboys, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, Colin, welcome on to the show. We, we talked about this off air, but uh, Lane, who is 14 years old, he picks against people every single week in this segment. Uh, any words of advice for Lane as he, you know, goes through this process of trying to become a sports personality? Well, first of all, he usually wins, right? I, yeah, he's been winning recently. So he's been I, on a streak. So I, should be asking, I should be asking him for advice is what you're saying. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think, no, I mean, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're already doing, you're already uh, doing a lot at age 14. So you have a, it seems like you have a pretty good idea of, of what you want to do, and just keep an open mind, man. That's what that's what I would say. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Let's jump into it, guys. Thursday night football is live, and it's coming up right now. Amazon Prime, Jacksonville, who is six and eight on the year, uh, going up against the New York Jets. Jacksonville six and eight. Jets are seven and seven on the season. Going into this one, uh, the Jets are two and a half point favorites. This was taking place out in uh, New York, and as a matter of fact, this one will have a lot of weather implications. Hearing it's going to be very rainy, uh, very bad weather out there tonight. Uh, Colin, we'll start with you. Who do you like here, Jacksonville uh, Jets? Uh, I'm going to take the Jets. Um, obviously they're fighting a, for a playoff spot pretty heavily out there. Um, game they have to have, so I'm going to take New York to get the win tonight. Lane. Yeah, Jacksonville's streaking right now. Jets need a bounce-back win. I think they get that bounce-back win. Jaguars, maybe, I'm not going to say a fluke win last week, but you still get blown out by the Lions two weeks ago. You still have a few bad games in there. I like Jets this one. Oh, by the way, Colin, I didn't tell you this, but uh, we are giving you, if you win this uh, week, we're giving you a $50 gift card to Mesa Street Grill so you can uh, go on a nice date, 
Maybe take yourself on wow. a date. Go with a friend. Go with a family member. So if you win this week, we're we're handing over a gift card to you. I was I have it ready. I I thought I was going to see you tonight. Uh, you are off on vacation, well deserved vacation right now. And uh, as soon as you come back, I promise it'll be waiting here for you if you win. Okay. So the stakes uh, just got a little higher. I'm locked in on these picks now because I love Mason Street Grill. So I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> locked in now. All right, Buffalo, Chicago. This one's coming up on Saturday, December 24th. Uh, this is the Christmas Eve slate that we'll start talking about. In this one, the Bills are eight and a half point favorites, but we pick uh, only straight up winners. Bills eleven and three on the uh, on the flip side. The Bears three and eleven on the year. Lane, who do you like here? This one is easy. No brainer for me. I like the Bills. This one. Bears, we all kind of love to talk about them, how they're improving. They only have three wins in the season. They need to make a splash move this offseason, get more saving time. Yeah, Darnell Mooning with two touchdowns as your leading receiver on the year right now. That's terrible. Give me the Bills in a blowout. Colin, any questions here? Absolutely none. Give me Buffalo. Uh, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl when it's all said and done, so I'm picking them to win this this week as well. Okay. Bill's early Super Bowl pick right there. Uh, let's go to a game that nobody will be watching on Saturday, the Saints versus the Browns. Uh, New Orleans on the year 5-9. and nine. Uh, The Browns 6-8 and eight on the season. Cleveland comes into this one, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Colin, who do you like here? Give me New Orleans in this one. Uh, just despite everything that they've been through this year, um, I think they're going to go on the road and get the win. And like you said, a game I don't think anybody's going to be watching. Um, but give me New Orleans. Lane. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans got some fans. They'll watch this game. But uh, give me the Browns this one. Browns, Sean Watson got really that first big win last week. So, yeah, I like the Browns this one. Do we get red zone this week, Adrian, on Saturday? You know what? I, I bet we do. I was wondering the same yeah. thing. I, I bet we get it Saturday and not Sunday, yeah. but that's where my fingers are crossed, so I, I have no yeah. clue. Uh, I'll, I'll do some digging on that real quick. Um, we also, next game, let's shift it over. I don't know if we even need to pick this one. Titans hosting the Texans. Uh, Titans checking in at three-and-a-half-point favorites, although I'll say this, no Ryan Tannehill. It'll be Malik Willis instead. Uh, Lane, do we have an upset here? Uh, I don't think we've been upset. The Texans are playing better the past few weeks. You know, they almost came close to the Browns. They almost beat the Chiefs last week. And obviously the Titans are struggling right now. But you run through the Derrick Henry. Malik Willis already has a win over the Texans this season. Give me the Titans. Colin, any upset here? Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with Lane. Although the Texans have been playing a lot better, I just don't think they're going to have enough uh, to go on the road and beat the Titans. So give me Tennessee. Okay, Seahawks and uh, Kansas City. This one taking place in KC. The Chiefs are 11-3 and on the season. Seahawks trying to hang on, trying to uh, be a playoff team. They're 7-7 seven and seven on the year. They need this win, but I'm not sure if they're going to get it this week. Colin, I'll swing it over to you. Who do you like here? Yeah, Kansas City. Just the, that home factor, obviously, playing at Arrowhead. Um, Chiefs coming off a game where they didn't play their best. They're going to have, uh, I guess, they're going to want, I guess, to bounce back from that, especially heading towards the postseason. So give me Kansas City. Um, Lane, go ahead. Yeah, this might be kind of that dagger game for Seattle. Kind of ends their playoff chances. Give me the Chiefs. Okay, let's let's go. Uh, let's uh, go over to Minnesota, where Vikings host the Giants. Lane, you previewed your pick earlier. Uh, you'll du- are you double downing on this one? Are you going Giants oh. over Vikings? Oh, yeah, we're double down on this one. Give them the Giants. They lock up Justin Jefferson. They contain Kirk Cousins. They do whatever they need to do to win. They win this one. Go Giants. Go Big Blue. Colin, uh, Minnesota's 11-3. and three. Giants are 8-5-1. and one. Do you have Minnesota in this game? There is no bias in Lane's pick there. I, I just want to say absolutely <laughs> none whatsoever. Uh, 
I can't stand Kirk Cousins. He annoys me to no end. I think he's the most overrated quarterback of the last 15 years. That said, give me Minnesota to beat the Giants this week. Okay. All right. I like the take there. Um, Bengals, who are 10-4 and four on the year, they take on New England. 7-7, seven and seven, also trying to hang on to playoff hopes. Uh, in this one, Cincinnati checks in as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Colin, we'll go to you. Who do you like here? Mac Jones had his dignity absolutely robbed for the rest of his life last Sunday. Can't I mean, try, what did he try to do? Did he try to take a charge on that last play of the game? Uh, absolutely demoralizing for the Patriots. I don't think they can bounce back against the Bengals team that is really playing well right now. So give me Cincinnati. Lane, go ahead. Yeah, Colin, you said I was biased about my Giants pick. You should see when it comes to Michigan. Steve will get all mad at me when I talk about <laughs> Michigan football or basketball. Um, Give me the Bengals this one. You know, the Bengals have been playing great so far. Michigan rookie safety Daxon Hill has been clutch for them the past few weeks. So, yeah, I like the Bengals in this one. Joe Burrow keeps it going. They had that comeback win last week. Play through Joe Mixon. You win this one. Give me the Bengals. A lot of playoff implications on the line this week. Let's go to another one with some playoff implications. Detroit, 7-7 seven and seven on the year. They're going on the road to Carolina, who is 5-9 and nine and not done. Surprisingly enough, the Panthers are still possibly uh, you know, alive and well as the season continues. Uh, let's go to you, Lane. Who do you like here? You know, Carolina, if they won last week, that would be really big for them. Get to 6-8 and eight in the season, get undefeated with Sam Darnold still. They got their first loss with uh, Sam Darnold in the season last week. I like the Lions this one, still playing great. I saw NFL had their power rankings out this week. They had Detroit number 7. That's a little bit crazy for a team with only 7 wins, but I like Detroit right now on this one. Colin, go ahead. Detroit's won 6 of their last 7. Uh, I think they're, they're going to make the playoffs. I love how they're playing right now. Um, and the New Mexico State Aggies. Going to Detroit to play in the Quick Lane Bowl. Sam Guzman will be uh, leaving to cover the game for us on Sunday. So we have some Detroit ties right now in the KTSM newsroom. I'm going to go with the Lions for that simple fact alone. I love it. Good stuff there. Uh, Let's move forward. It's uh, the Falcons up against the Ravens. Uh, Ravens checking into this one. Six and a half point favorites, but no Lamar Jackson. It'll be Huntley again at the quarterback spot. Colin, who do you like here? This is my, I don't know. This might be the toughest one to pick, honestly. Um... I'll go Baltimore. Okay. Coin flip. Vault Baltimore there. Uh, Lane, who do you have here? Uh, this might be the worst game of the week. You got Desmond Redder, who didn't look so fantastic last week. Got Lamar, I mean, Lamar Jackson's out for the Ravens. Tyler Huntley looked terrible last week also for the Ravens. Give me the Ravens, but very close. It's going to be a sloppy game. Maybe the worst game of the week. Give me the Ravens. Well, another game that might not be very good at all. Commanders at San Francisco. The 49ers have been red hot as of late, 10-4. and four. Well, Meanwhile, the Commanders dropped that game against the Giants. 7-6-1 and one is their record right now, trying to hang on to some playoff hopes. Uh, we'll go to you, Colin. Who do you like here? Yeah, give me the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey has been almost unstoppable since he went to San Francisco in the midseason trade. I don't see that uh, being uh, or stopping this week. So, uh, yeah, give me the 49ers again. Lane, any questions here? This might be that game for the 49ers. You know, you have a long rest Thursday, Saturday. Let's do it. Commanders. Give wow. the Commanders. I know it hurts the Giants. Went there. We need some differences. Give me the Commanders. I like the way Terry McCorn's been playing. You know, they came back. They, they were fighting last week. You know, you got Brian Robinson playing well as of late. Rookie Brian Robinson. Give him the Commanders. They get the win over the 49ers. I regret that. Uh, Colin, a lot of uh, sometimes uh, people on Twitter uh, from either NMSU or UTEP get upset with you. Let's start making uh, some Cowboys fans possibly a little upset today. Uh, Cowboys going up against the Eagles Christmas Eve game. Do you go against the Cowboys and do you pick the Eagles in this one? 
I will go at UTEP and NMSU fans, as you know. I uh, I won't I won't poke this bear. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're basically out of the division weight race right now, unless everything goes their way. But I think after the way things went in Jacksonville for them last week, I think they're going to bounce back. I think the defense plays well, and uh, they get the win against an Eagles team that's kind of due for a loss. I feel like so. Give me Dallas. All right, Lane. He doesn't care about being an instigator to Cowboys fans. Go ahead, Lane. Gardner Minshew, he's a gunslinger. You know, his old coach, Mike Leach, obviously the terrible stuff right there. Maybe he plays for Coach Leach in this one. I like the Eagles. Gets the job done. Finds his playmakers. That's what we got to do. Find the ball, gets the playmakers, throw in harm's way a little bit. Give me the Eagles winning over the Cowboys in Dallas. Las Vegas, 6-8 and eight on the year, going up against Pittsburgh. They're also 6-8 and eight on the season. Lane, we'll start with you. Who do you like here? Uh, I haven't been impressed Kenny Pickett all this season. I know he didn't play last week, but Kenny Pickett might be back this week. It's going to be interesting. The Raiders, keep it going. Up in Pittsburgh, give me the Raiders. Okay, Colin, who do you like here? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, the Vegas Raiders as well. Uh, super up and down team all season long, but so is the Steelers. So um, kind of flipping a coin again, I'll just go with uh, with the Raiders this time. Okay, we got four more games. Let's uh, let's get through them. These are now Sunday games, and uh, Lane, to confirm with you, Red Zone is live on Saturday, so we got that down. Uh, Packers up against the Dolphins. Green Bay checking in six and eight. Their season's not done yet, yet. Uh, and then the Dolphins on the year eight and six. They're trying to hang on to some playoff hopes right now. Miami enters this one as four and a half point favorites. Colin, who do you like here? Feed Aaron Jones. Give them the ball at least 20 touches, and the Packers will get the win. We'll see if they do it. I think they will. Green Bay beats the Dolphins. Okay, Lane, who do you like? You know, I'm always a little bit of a Packers fan. Aaron Jones, you know, I had my, my show like last year, but uh, I like the Dolphins this one. I called them the social media team last week, which they still are. But they came, they were feisty last week against the Bills. You know, you get touched out to John Waldo. You're playing in that Miami Heat. I like Dolphins over the Packers. In a game that no one will like, except for Colin Deaver and myself. Uh, the Denver Broncos, actually, we won't like this one either. We'll just have to watch it. The The Denver Broncos up against the Los Angeles Rams before the year started. Everybody thought, man, this Christmas Day game is going to be awesome. Now both these teams have uh, combined w- uh, eight wins between both of them. Uh, Colin, who do you like here between Broncos-Rams? Neither of them. Um, but give me the Broncos just based off of what you just described. I'm a Broncos fan. I have to pick them, uh, even though I have no faith in them whatsoever. And I haven't since 2015. Um, but this is why we're, fr- this is why we're fans. I have to pick them. Give me the Broncos. Lane, who do you like? Yeah, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Rams this one. I was going to go with the Broncos. Now you picked the Broncos. I like the Rams. I like Baker Mayfield. I know he didn't play great last week, but you still have some excuse in there. You haven't missed that extra point, which could have kind of hurt you a little bit right there. I like the Rams this one over the Broncos. You know, you get some guy, guy get receivers more involved. This Rams team is just struggling right now, but, uh, why not? Give me the Rams. Hey, there's going to be no fans this game. No fans. So no far stadium on Christmas day. I'd be surprised if we see more than like a hundred thousand. I mean, there's going to be no fans. Everybody's going to watch the Laker game instead. So yeah, I get yeah. it. Uh, Tampa Bay goes up against the Arizona Cardinals. This one kicking off Sunday evening. Oh man, this is a depressing game. The Cardinals are four and 10 on the year. No Colt McCoy. Trace McSorley is subbing in. Tampa Bay six and eight on the season. Uh, that NFC South is not a lock for them. Uh, we'll start with you, Lane. Who do you like here? You know, it still hurts me, Trace McSorley, that 2016 Penn State team going to get to the Rose Bowl over Michigan. <laughs> Even though Michigan beat them 49 to 10, 
three months earlier. So that's a little bit weird right there. I hate Trace McSorley for that. And then Michigan crushed him a few years later, 2018, after he beat them up again in 2017. Give me the Buccaneers. They need a bounce back win. Tom Brady in Arizona. Let's do it. Buccaneers. Colin, uh, do you believe in Trace McSorley? No, I don't. Uh, this game is going to be disgusting. What won't be disgusting is KTSM 9 News on NBC following the game. There we go. Love uh, it. That, that, there's your reason to watch right there. You can, you can see us on, on, your, on your screens after the game. Uh, that said, give me uh, Tampa Bay uh, to get the win. They're going to they're gonna screech to a halt in the playoffs. Uh, they're, they're just going to get it because nobody else wants it out of that division. But, yeah, give, them, give me the Buccaneers to win over the Cardinals. Chargers Colts. This is the final game. Monday night football, December 26th. Chargers eight and six. They're hot as of late. Meanwhile, the Colts just dropped the, uh, one of the worst historic losses we're ever going to find in football. Uh, they're four nine and one on the year. Jeff Saturday experience is not going, um, anything like, uh, people thought after that first victory with the Colts. Uh, we'll send it over to you, Colin, as we close things out. Who do you like here? Colts Chargers. I am required by virtue of the fact that I attended the University of Oregon to pick Justin Herbert to win every game he plays. There so, you go. Uh, give me the Chargers to get the dub. Okay. Oregon's can you, finest. Can you fire an interim coach? <laughs> you fire an interim head coach, Shella. I'm wondering that right now. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, ESPN analyst. Jeff Saturday. This guy, uh, yeah, Jeff Saturday on Saturdays. We all thought, oh, he's going to win. No, Kirk Cousins showed up right there. He got the win. 33-point uh, comeback. That's the that's the final straw. Jeff Saturday, yeah, ridiculous. Chargers won't be the second team to lose to an ESPN analyst this season. Given the Chargers rolling over the Colts, Nick Foles starting. Jeff Saturday, future uh, schoolyard sports host uh, at some point, a, divi- a different podcast at some point. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Jeff Saturday struggling. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, uh, Colin, we can't thank you enough. You guys did a great job. Uh, we got a lot of games that you all um, have differences of opinions on, so this is awesome. Colin, thanks so much. Can't thank you enough for joining us here, especially since you're on you're on some uh, PTO. You're on some time off right now. Yeah, I'll be back. Like I said, back Christmas night because Sam will be in Detroit to cover the Aggies bowl game. Uh, so quick, but much needed. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Adrian, congratulations. You're getting married next week. So very happy for you. Uh, and I hope you're getting some time off next week as well. If I, I broke I the news to everybody, I'm sorry. No, uh, no news broken here. Everybody's aware. So I, I definitely appreciate it, Colin. Thanks so much. Lane, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. Happy holidays to you and the family. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Of course. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Colin. Merry Christmas, Adrian. Yeah. Great talking to you guys. Lane, uh, real quick, plug uh, schoolyard sports for us one, uh, one last time. You follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports, Twitter at Squared Sports, TikTok, YouTube, YouTube for full episodes, and then audio every single podcast platform. Wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to the full audio episode there. Tune in. Episode 104 out right now. Thank you guys again. You guys take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Uh, that is Schoolyard Sports Recording with Lane stop. Frank and Colin Deaver. Uh, Schoolyard Sports is brought to you by uh, River Oaks Properties. This segment brought to you every single week here on the show. And uh, that's how we're going to wrap things up here uh, in this segment. We're going to take a time out right now. When we come back, we are breaking it down. We are talking UTEP basketball as they get ready to take on Kent State. That all is coming up right here as Sports Talk continues. But first, before we go to break, let's send it Back to UTEP Zay. He has another bottom of the hour Sports Center update as we continue. Thank you, Adrian. It's UTEP Zay here with your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Right now in the Don Haskins Center, NMSU 
only up by four to NCANT. It's 53-49 to with just under 10 minutes left in that one. Let's go over to some top 25 scores on men's hoops. It's men's hoops top 25. Harvard, Kansas, battling it out right now. Five minutes left in this one. Kansas has a nine-point lead. It's 55-46. to Meanwhile, Arizona versus Morgan State. Arizona leads that one. It's 31 to 25 with a little over four minutes left in the first half. Later on tonight, you're going to have a good Midwest matchup. Illinois, Missouri, they take on each other at seven on SEC Network. Illinois comes in as the 16th ranked team in the nation. Missouri is 10 and one. Let's go to some Conference USA scores right now. North Texas, UTSA battling it out. It's right now 24 to seven. 24 to 17, North Texas leads in that one. Another score, UAB and Charlotte, another team battling it out. UAB leads this one late, I mean early in the second half. It's 42 to 36, UAB on top. Western Kentucky and South Carolina are in a closely contested battle right now. South Carolina leads 54 to 49 with just under seven minutes left. Later on tonight, the Sun Bowl Invitational championship game between kent state and utep that one will tip off at 7 30 of course still time to get out to that one in other news thursday night football is about 30 minutes underway it's jets jags it's tied three to three with the jets planning to kick to punt it off on there at the jacksonville 47 right now that's all i have for you and for your sports center update on 600 espn el paso I'm UTEP Zay. Great stuff, Zay, and you're you're killing it on these. We really appreciate it. Let's uh, take a time out right now. When we come back, our final countdown. Salmonta is in the building, Angel yeah. Munoz as well, and then UTEP Zay heading off to the Don Haskins Center for the finale. It's the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational Championship game. Coming up, UTEP versus Kent State right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for Thursday, December 22nd for 600 ESPN El Paso. Brace yourself for an Arctic blast. It's why Doppler Dave Spielman issued an ABC7 first alert. We're expecting the cold front to push through tonight and plummet temps overnight. We'll drop into the 20s overnight. Tomorrow, only a high of 42, but it'll feel much colder with strong winds gusting to 40 miles per hour, especially on the west side. That will send lows Friday night into the teens with single-digit wind chills. We begin a gradual warming trend Christmas Eve and through the weekend. Sunday with a high of 47 for Saturday, then back into the mid-50s Christmas Day. We'll see upper 50s Monday and back into the low 60s by Tuesday. But be sure to protect any exposed pipes and plants over the next couple of nights and keep those pets indoors. You can download the KBI Weather and Traffic app to get all the latest changes to the forecast. And the city is opening warming centers to help people facing those dangerously cold temperatures. We have a list of all of the locations on KVI.com, which include Marty Robbins Recreation Center, Galatson Recreation Center, and the Memorial Senior Center. The centers will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. starting tomorrow through Christmas Day. The Office of Emergency Management and the Department of Health warn El Pasoans to avoid unnecessary trips outside and limit time outside. Again, you'll find a list of the warming centers on our website, KVI.com and you can also call 311 for more information.
We are eight days away from this year's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game, which features the Pittsburgh Panthers against the UCLA Bruins December 30th. But some festivities are now being impacted because of the ongoing migrant crisis in El Paso. Sun Bowl officials announcing the Fan Fiesta is canceled. The event is typically held inside the El Paso Convention Center, but instead the center is now being used as a temporary shelter to house migrants. The executive director of the Sun Bowl Association tells ABC7 the game will be continued as scheduled and is emphasizing there's no danger to the public while encouraging everyone to come out to the game. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Don't monkey around when you're doing your Christmas shopping this year. Get the monkey off your back and get a great Christmas gift for your favorite whiskey drinker. Want to have more fun than a barrel of monkeys this holiday season? Monkey see, monkey do. I want to celebrate with you. What's with all this monkey business? Well, it's a friendly reminder about Monkey Shoulder, a smooth, creamy, supple, blended malt which is made for sipping or mixing and would make a great Christmas gift. Monkey Shoulder, crazy name, amazing taste. Buy a bottle today. Tax refund advance loans at Jackson Hewitt, up to 4500 bucks. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Eligible clients can get up to $1,000 in December and up to $3,500 in January. Loans by Republic Bank and Trust. Finance charge may apply. When temperatures fall, you can rise above heating costs with the maximum performance and energy-saving efficiency of a Champion furnace. The complete Champion line is equipped to take on the toughest conditions. So no matter what the season brings, you can depend. Depend on a champion to keep you comfortable while saving money. Visit the Find a Dealer tab and schedule your installation at windsupplyelpaso.com, your local champion supplier, and learn how you can save up to 50% in energy costs. Celebrate this New Year's Eve at Speaking Rock with Selena Tribute, Amor Pohibido. Another crazy year gone, and it's time for another crazy party at Speaking Rock this New Year's Eve. More Prohibido, a Selena tribute live Saturday, December 31st at Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. Ages 21 and over. Check out Speaking Rock's Facebook for more information. Celebrate New Year's Eve with the Selena tribute, a more Prohibido. The Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last-minute gifts across the store. Like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon. And save up to 50% on comfy, stylish outerwear for the whole fam. Add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1224. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. I never write reviews, but Navaj is so amazing, I had to leave one. Nothing's ever cleared out my sinuses as well. I'm blown away by how Navaj works. That's a review from Carrie, and it's one of over 100,000 online testimonials praising Navaj. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navaj Nasal Care, and I've talked about flushing out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs. How Navaj's powered suction can help you breathe better, and how your nose is the body's air filter, and Navaj will clean it out. But don't take my word for it. What do people like Chad say, who wrote, Navaj has helped clear out my nasal passages every single night. My wife says my snoring has gone way down. Snorefest be gone, unquote. Navaj is the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million customers to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navaj is available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, Target, and online. Navaj, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. This is Mike Greenberg, and you're listening to Greeny right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
final countdown, final segment here before we get ready for this big, big matchup between the Miners and Kent State. We'll be joined by Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, along with Steve Yellen, coming up at the top of the hour uh, to break this game down. Also want to mention this Thursday night football game going on. A minute 30 left in the first quarter. Tie game 3-3 between the Jaguars and the Jets. Uh, this one taking place on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, Jacksonville having some difficulties moving the ball, although uh, Trevor, just as I said that, Trevor Lawrence just completed a pass out to uh, his tight end, I think that's Alec Ingold, um, who he completed a pass to all the way inside New York Jets territory, right around the 40-yard line of the Jets. And uh, actually, that's going to be Arnold on the catch right there. Um, and very impressive pass. You know, I've really liked what Trevor Lawrence has done over the past couple weeks. Uh, he's been a nice passer. And speaking about a uh, nice passer over the past couple weeks, about Jared Goff, Salmontes, who's well, I welcome yeah. back onto the show. Uh, Detroit has really reaped the benefits off Jared Goff and his stellar performance as of late. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they have, as far as him making um, good enough throws at times, um, I'm going to give a good and a bad. The good is that he's not turning the ball over. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys game, he had like a million turnovers yeah, <laughs> on seriously. that one um, due to the monster defense that is Dallas. But, you know, since then he's played a lot more aware and hasn't turned it over or put his team in bad spots. Now the bad part is there have been a lot of throws that he could have made, a lot of overthrows, underthrows. There was a touchdown to Wilson, uh, uh, Williams rather, Jamison Williams, that he just uh, he underthrew uh, to, um, to uh, Jamison Williams out there in the end zone. But aside from that, you know, he's playing – He's playing good enough to have his team win. He doesn't need to be the hero. He, he did have a touchdown pass to win the game, but right, right. Um, just don't turn the ball over it, and the team can can give you a chance to win. So, so far, so good. However, as well as he played, all good things got to come to an end. So, hopefully, it's um, it's like a, a fumble on a snap, but he recovers it or something. But in the playoffs or something, right? Because yeah. th- that's what I, I'm hoping. There, I'm yeah. hoping for the Lions to get to the playoffs. I think. All of America is rooting for them uh, from oh, from becoming the sweethearts and hard knocks, then like falling below expectations to yeah. start the year to where they are now, seven and seven. They're five hundred. They have a puncher's chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, and they've played um, one of, if not the toughest schedule in the NFL. And I'm just going to give you the teams that they've lost to. Um, so of course the Eagles. It was by three points. They lost Impressive. to Minnesota. Um, in game one, which they avenged, they lost to Seattle, who's ahead of them for the playoff. Um, the, the worst loss here really is the Patriots loss, a 29 to nothing game. Follow that with the loss to the Cowboys. But all of these teams really at 500 or above, then they lose to the Dolphins, 31 27, which was a close one. But since then, they've played really well, winning six out of their last seven. Only loss in that stretch on Thanksgiving, a last second field goal by the Bills. So they've been doing it against really, really tough competition. And their last three games, all uh, with teams at currently, um, you know, under 500 records, Panthers, Bears, but the Packers, one game under 500. And if both teams are playing well, that could be a, a game that decides, uh, you know, that final spot. Are you, do you think they'll get the final spot? Are, are you in that boat that you think they'll, they'll run the table and they'll get to that point? Uh, I want, I don't know if they'll run the table. I think for sure they can go uh, win at least two. Uh, but they can get help from a lot of teams. The Packers have a have a tougher schedule. They play the Dolphins, um, and then they also play Minnesota. Right, two teams who are who currently have playoff spots as it stands now. So oh, Lions can get some help there. Uh, however, this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, and they ran the table some years back. So I, 
I'm hopeful, but I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Packers come through and steal it. Well, actually, the way that we're positioning it right now, if it's the, if they beat the Panthers and they beat the Bears, the Lions could be in a showdown the last week of the year mm-hmm. in Lambeau to face the Packers for a playoff spot. That's scary. That's it's really scary because it's in Lambeau and it's Aaron Rodgers who yes. seemingly for whatever reason when when his team's thirteen and three. It's like, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in them. But when their back's against the wall and there's no room for error, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Ugh. So that's the scary part. But um, to get to that point, both teams have to win those next two games, and there's no guarantee. Yeah, there's there really isn't. As we continue here on Sports Talk, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, got an app chat to get to. This is Pinky on our app. He said, uh, rest McKinney tonight. It's a long season. The rest of the team stepped up last night. Need that every game. The transfer portal sucks. That's coming from Pinky out in Santa Teresa, uh, who is heading out to the game tonight. Sal, we, we talked about this earlier yeah. with, when it comes to Mario McKinney Jr. Um, with Mario McKinney Jr. specifically, if he plays, you think, oh, well, you, you go for it. You go for the championship. You go for this game against Kent State. Uh, this means a lot to you as you close out non-conference. But then you look ahead to next week. It's a game against Rice and a game against UAB uh, to really get things started officially in Conference USA play. Do you rest McKinney or do you throw him out there tonight? Uh, I, I have no clue what his status is. Yeah, we don't know the status, and that's what makes it hard to, to answer, right? I mean, also, too, we're not medical advisors sure. or professionals but um i think if there's a chance to go you you give him that go because to hold him out because you need him for future games these games aren't going to get easier so if it's because hey this is too tough of a test well, when do you when do you play him you yeah know, so good point th- but at the same time too we don't know the the status of it so if there's a chance that there could be um more ag- like something can aggravate it and worsen the injury and it doesn't matter who you're playing or what the schedule's like you you don't play him at all yeah i'd also be curious as to what the injury actually is like i, I thought it was a right hamstring injury um some i heard somebody say an ankle but i didn't see an ankle so if it's a hamstring injury i'm 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 inclined to not necessarily play him although again not medical professionals have no clue as far as the injury goes i'm just looking at this from a pure basketball standpoint thinking hey if you're you're the miners right here going up against one of the best teams in mid-major hoops in Kent State. Uh, you're going to struggle without Mario McKinney either way, right? Yeah, big time. He's the spark plug on offense. I'll say that every time I get a chance to talk about him. Yeah, um, most athletic player on this team. For sure. And and yesterday they got they got some help, a, a, a breakout game, you know, finally the showing that people were asking for when it comes to um, when it comes to givens. Yeah. Um, so are they going to get that again today? So if, if you could get that and guards are able to put the ball in the hoop at a high rate, I don't want to say you won't need McKinney. You'll need him down the road, but it'll help out that he won't be there. Yeah, I'm with you there, Sal. Hey, the Jaguars have uh, they've they have the ball all the way down to the Jets' three yard line. Uh, a run by Trevor Lawrence, a couple nice passes, and then a pitch out to Travis Etienne sets up a first and goal situation for the Jags. We'll update you on this score, and we'll get you out to the Haskins Center as we continue. But hour number three uh, is uh, coming to a close. We are getting you ready. For the finale, it's the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational featuring the Miners and Kent State Golden Flashes. That's coming up as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso.